0: to force perspectives it's been a minute uh i am your host michael cohen uh, and i i i know i know hey everybody listen i know i said i was gonna do weekly recaps of willow and uh and i did do what well, i did the first two episodes right but then i then then i got sick and then the holidays happened and then the the series the season. I shouldn't say. I don't want. I don't want to say series. The season was done, and I uh, and I was like, well, I'm not going to catch up now. Um, so I decided rather than you know have to listen to me talk for multiple hours about this show all by myself, that I would uh, I would I would call up uh, one of the smartest people that I know, uh, <laughs> especially when it comes to this sort of conversation, and that's that's our guest. Uh, Ty Black from Wit and Folly. Ty, welcome, welcome, welcome back. Are, have you been on, for- you you were on Faster, More Intense, which is yeah. what this show was before I rebranded it as Force Perspectives. Mm-hmm. Were you on, for- did we do a Force Perspectives as well? No, you just did Perfect 10. That was the right. last thing that we recorded. Yeah, yeah. So, so welcome to Force Perspectives for the first time, but back to... <laughs> The it's it, it's the same podcast. Uh but. yeah,
1: it's you. It's you and me chatting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm really, really happy to be back talking about again something that I love. Last time we talked, we talked about a knight's tale. And I feel like yeah. there's something kind of funny that runs like there's a thread of similarity between something like that and something like Willow. Uh-huh. Um, so I love that we get to geek out about it together. Like we had a really good combo last time. So this is super fun. Super glad to be here.
0: It's it's so funny because uh, like I I came to your content via Star Wars right uh, mm-hmm. after the Last Jedi, um, with, uh, with 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 a lot of your great content on. Um, I think I think uh, one of the first ones would have been like a, a lot of the Kylo Ren stuff when I was trying to to right. to kind of grapple. Actually, you know what? I've I've traced this back because every time we talk about it, I'm always trying to like trace back. Like because it's funny with YouTube or podcasts. It's like where did I? What was the first thing that I saw from that creator, right? Mm-hmm. And um, and I'm pretty sure I had watched the Force Awakens movies with Mikey, mm-hmm. I and then that had like suggested one of your videos, and so I watched oh, cool. one of your videos, and then was like, "Well, this is fantastic," and watched a whole a whole bunch more, and then and then and then I I I accidentally became a Raylo, and when that happened. <laughs> That like put me back into, into that sphere. And, and, uh, and, and now I've watched like all of, all of your Raylo and, and Kylo Ren, you know, yeah. like breakdowns and stuff like that multiple times. Cause, cause uh, mm-hmm. I, I just feel like you have, you have such a good handle on that stuff and on explaining oh, it. And mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, like I, I want to talk to you about Star Wars stuff at some point and we will, but we just, we just keep talking about other stuff <laughs> right yeah. now. So it's just, it's so funny that that here we are again about to podcast and mm-hmm. we're going to, we're going to talk tangentially. I mean, like, I'm sure that Star Wars is going to come up in this conversation, but, but yeah. once again, um, yeah, we're, we're going to talk about Willow, which is, oh, yeah. which is so similar to a Knight's Tale, which is what we talked about back in the yeah. fall, uh, yep. last year, um and yeah that it, that is so funny that like one of these days one of these days we'll we'll figure out talking about star wars but <laughs> it's okay because one
1: of these days
0: this is you know what here's the thing
2: mm-hmm.
0: willow for me I, I i was thinking about this last night at midnight as i was waiting for the for the documentary to show up on disney plus right and uh and i was just thinking about like my my relationship to the franchise and realizing I actually liked Willow before I liked Star Wars or Indiana Jones, which are sort of like, like those are the three Lucasfilm yep. properties. Right. And mm-hmm. I, I, yeah. Willow was a thing where like, I, cause I didn't understand at the time. Right. I was right. like seven or eight years old. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe even younger the first time that I ever saw Willow.
1: Mm-hmm. And I
0: never, and, and I don't, I don't think that I ever watched through all the way through, like from start to finish the movie mm-hmm. Willow. Until very recently when I made my wife watch it with me, because we were sitting there watching it and I'm watching it from start to finish going like, I don't remember half of these scenes because the, <laughs> the majority of my interaction with it was Saturday afternoon matinees, you yep. know, like on, on, I, uh, I, uh, you know, the Fox affiliate <laughs> that we yep. got in Vancouver. Um,
1: oh, yeah just seeing it in snippets
0: right like seeing like Mm -hmm. catching catching this part of it and then oh i'm gonna go hang out with my friends where i came in and you know we're just at the end of it right so exactly um, so like i remember the beginning pretty well i definitely Mm -hmm. remember the Tiras lean castle stuff Mm -hmm. i remember the pigs scene because it terrified (laughs) me as a kid the trolls and the pigs terrified me so much to the point that when i was watching it and this is we're talking about like a couple of weeks like a few weeks ago maybe maybe about a month ago now watching it with crystal when those trolls show up in the movie as bad as the effects are like as dated as the effects are of them like crawling along the wall there's Mm -hmm. the one crawling on the wall and the one crawling underneath the bridge yeah i had like i had like a like a literal visceral reaction (laughs) that was like i would like like i shuddered and was like oh that's been in me since i was like 7 years old and it like it's they still actually like legit scare me which is is such a funny thing to to cuz i haven't watched it in so long yeah uh, but then the show's like re reawakening unlocking all of this stuff right
1: mhm um definitely
0: so then to get this series which yeah. like i remember when they announced it i was like oh that's awesome they're going to do a willow series i really hope they I hope they do it justice. Like I hope that I hope that this can be like a really cool thing. And then we right. started seeing stuff, and I was like, "This this looks like a rad Dungeons and Dragons campaign. Like that's what yeah. like they look like a D anD D party." Mm-hmm. And I'm very interested to learn more about these characters. And then mm-hmm. for it to come out and to um, to absolutely blow me away and exceed any expectations that I had for it mm-hmm. has just been like this ride has been ridiculous um
1: yeah yeah it definitely has been insane and to go off of uh like you know what you're saying about your experience with it i i mean i had never seen willow until i mean like i saw bits and pieces of it like you said on television Mm -hmm. but i never um for some reason i didn't i didn't gravitate towards it and maybe just because i caught the weird parts and i just thought it was super strange but i liked fantasy as a kid i was I was probably just more of a like girls fantasy type of thing. And Willow didn't seem like that to me visually. So it wasn't until uh, they announced that they were going to do the show. And I was like, oh, yeah, I've been meaning to watch that because because of the ties to Lucas. And I've seen like Strange Magic, love Mm -hmm. Strange Magic. I love Lucas. I like what he brings to the table. And even though he does it in a way that might not always be perfect, I I find that fascinating And I'd always been meaning to watch Willow as a Star Wars fan and they announced it. And my husband goes, oh my God, I used to love that movie as a kid. He's Mm -hmm. like, I used to, I used to watch it all the time. I rented it several times from the video store. He was like, I can't believe you haven't seen it. We have to watch it. So since then we've watched it several times, like just because it's like on a regular rotation of like, I'm going to put something on while I clean the house or something like that. Yeah. And we just put it on and we just have, we loved it, just absolutely adored it. So when the show came out and, you know, it kind of felt nostalgic in a way uh, because we kind of got to to watch it together. It already felt like I had lived with the characters um, and they just get into, they just get into your heart and your head and to see everyone come back. I was, I was absolutely shocked. Mm-hmm. Like it doesn't, it shouldn't exist, but it does. And now, and now here we are, you know getting through and I was kind of like you and I got sick during the break. And so I wasn't active in the fandom during that time and I wasn't active like talking about it online. But then when the last few episodes happened, suddenly I was like fully diving in headfirst. I like had to talk about it. I had to gush about it. I had to Write a fic. Write do something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Make video edits. And now I'm now I'm fully in it. Now I'm now I'm talking. Now I'm like researching. Like what a, one of the tabs I have up on my on my uh, computer right now is uh the as a the eight from the H.P. Love Lovecraft wiki. You know, as a Thoth and like who that is and what he <laughs> means and and I'm just I'm fascinated by this whole thing. It's it's really great. It's really really great
0: yeah it's it's been a really it's been a really weird ride for me because i got i got screeners right and Mm -hmm. so i got i got the first seven episodes all at once from from disney back in like the first or second week of november
2: wow and
0: um and i had been like like champing at the bit to watch this show so i got them and immediately watched the first two episodes like the, the day that I got them, like that night, it's funny. Cause I have, you have to, when you get the screeners, you have to like sign an NDA and it's, it yeah. says like in the email and everything like, Hey, like, like this is intended for you only. So even like other people in your household, like make sure that you are in a place where you alone are viewing this.
2: Wow. Um,
0: so I couldn't watch it with my wife when I watched the first two episodes, <laughs> I waited until everybody else was asleep and I uh, and and watched them sort of later in the evening um like after the girls were in bed and everything. Yeah. And uh, I I and watched the first two episodes and was like this this is really this is really 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 good, but I can't talk to anybody about it. All I can say <laughs> All I can kind of I can't even really like I wasn't even allowed to tweet about it for like two yeah. weeks. It wasn't. Even, and, and even like that embargo was like you can tweet about the first two episodes or I think maybe it was like the first three episodes, but you can't talk about the rest of it. Um, and what had happened, like I watched the first two and then the next night I watched the next two and I finished the fourth episode, started the fifth one and got like maybe like three minutes into it and stopped and was like I can't I don't want to do this like I don't want <laughs> I don't want to sit with this by myself yeah um and especially oh, yeah. because like I knew that Marie Claire from from what the force was was really <laughs> excited about it as well so I was right. like I knew I had this like one other person at least that was going to be like on the wave like I shouldn't say one cuz Missy they had already done their their uh or I think they were like getting ready to do their their recap of the movie sort of thing
1: yeah Yep. And we've been
0: talking about, I was like, okay, so I know that there's going to be like, I'm not going to be totally alone, but I was expecting to be very like, like in the niche zone with this one (laughs) of like, nobody cares about Willow as much as I do. I know that it's fine. Um, it's uh, not
1: what happened at all <laughs> yeah
0: I was like I was like certainly like like I have such a relationship with Warwick Davis because of all the Star Wars celebrations that I've been at and seen him on stage so many times I was saying to my wife last night it's like I because we're watching the second episode because now I'm mm-hmm. watching through it with her um, right we're watching the second episode and I'm like he when he when he does all of his stuff with the Nell where he's like where he's the high old one and he's like being very performative, and it comes across <laughs> as like very stilted and kind of weird, which is his introduction in the show, right? Yeah. I, 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 it like the first time I watched through it, it was so, I was like, really? Is this so? These are the choices that you're making, and then going back <laughs> and watching it the second time, like, oh no, these were absolutely choices, yeah, because he was he put on the same persona in those scenes that he does when he's hosting the celebration stage at star Wars celebration, like <laughs> it's a, it's a, absolutely. That's the same work. And it's like, like the sort of like wink at the camera, like, mm-hmm. like all these dummies up on stage aren't in on the joke, but, but the audiences sort of thing. Like,
2: right. Right.
0: So it, like, I, like I just like, I have that connection to it, to him, to Willow, to all of this. And I was like, cause I was in this vacuum. I was like, it really sucks that this show is so good and nobody is going to watch it because <laughs> yeah. there was no buzz. There was nobody talking about it. It just felt like it was in such a vacuum. Um, I did
1: feel very similar to that in the first two episodes when the first two episodes came out, but I guess I was but like I said, I just wasn't quite plugged in, but it still yeah. felt like it felt like, you know, it wasn't, it took a while for them to like, show us what was actually going on but yeah. then it, what's funny is that, so if you get to episode four that's I think genu- like generally like where a lot of people got hooked but it, it, but then once you watch episode four and then go back and watch the first three you go oh my god this thing is this has been going on the whole time yeah and so this is embedded in it and this is what's happening and oh my goodness where are they going to go with it and it gets exciting and I think a lot of people just weren't they weren't really, really freaking out about it up until that point. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It, it. it I, th- I think, I think the, the key to it, and, and I'll say at this point now, we're about 14 minutes in and I'll say at this point now, <laughs> like this is going to be full spoilers. Like don't, yeah. if you haven't watched the series and you don't want to be spoiled, then, then this is not going to be the conversation to listen to. I highly suggest go back, start watching it listen to to the uh following willow what the force episodes as you go i i mm-hmm. and and i mean like binge it but also listen to the podcast to that podcast because mm-hmm. uh mc and missy just like uh that was the other part of it is that like once those episodes started coming out and mm-hmm. and mc and missy started like like unearthing all of this stuff and again I had watched the first four episodes and they're mm-hmm. saying stuff in the first, like that first one and two, cause, cause yeah. one and two came out together. Right. So they're, they're talking about episode one and two and they're going like, well, I think maybe it's going to go in this direction and maybe it's going to, and Graydon and this, he's like this dark Prince thing. And I'm like, Oh my God, you guys, mm-hmm. Oh my God. And like, I can go back to my, my DMS with MC where mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm like, what can I say? To let them know that, like, I love what they're talking about. Don't stop, but I don't want to ruin it. Like, I don't (laughs) want to let them know that, like, you guys actually have already nailed this. Like, you've already (laughs) pegged this show. You know exactly where it's going um that's what
1: happens when you look at that stuff that they're looking at right like they're looking at they're getting down to like the fairy tale basics and the themes and like as soon as you meet Graydon in the first episode you go okay what's the purpose of this character what's the point of this character and rather than going online and being like this character is pointless I don't understand they're like no wait (laughs) there's this whole you know there's all of this knowledge that we can tap into uh, in fairy tales and in other fantasy stories and in mythology where this is, this is not actually him. And this is a guise that he's wearing and it's a uniform. It's a disguise for somebody else that he has to figure out who to be. And like all of that, all of that's right there. It's all there from the beginning. And I think, I know that, um, You probably wanted to say some more, and and I apologize, but I did want to mention that I think one of the things you wanted to talk about, you know, you wanted to specifically talk about, like, the costumes. Yeah. And what's fun about that is that we can have that exact same discussion. We can talk about all of these things, but when we tether it, we can tether it just to the costumes and still, Mm -hmm. you know, and still kind of explore the myth and the fairy tale and all of that just, just by looking at the costumes. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, I'll I'll say like the one thing that Mm -hmm. separates Willow from a lot of the other content that's coming out right now. And especially to not to like throw shade at star Wars necessarily, but just to sort of point out why I think some people are having a hard time connecting with certain star Wars stories that are coming out right now, Mm -hmm. as opposed to the way that people are like, Cause the people that are in on this show are all in. Like I haven't yeah. I've I have only had people and I don't want to say it's polarizing because I the people that aren't into it, I don't think that they're walking away going like I hate this, it's terrible, it's garbage. Mm-hmm. They're just walking away going like, I don't know, there's not really much story going on there. But the people who like get it, they, they get it. They and they understand yeah. exactly what what MC has been saying, which is that like characters are plot, relationships are plot. Right, exactly. like, and that's what this show is. But the thing that separates it from Mandalorian, Book of Boba Fett, uh, even The Bad Batch to a certain degree, but that it has in common with Andor is intentionality. Right? Yep. yeah. Every aspect of this show is there for a reason. There, mm-hmm. there, there are not at least to 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 my viewing of it so far, having watched most of the episodes twice. I haven't seen anything that's like, oh, that's a mistake. That wasn't, no. that shouldn't be in there. Right? right. The The costumes are so intelligently designed. The casting was like genius level of mm-hmm. like, of, of who these people are, what they bring to the table, both in terms of their looks and their performances and like the the, their, their range as performers, all mm-hmm. of that stuff. Uh, like I said, like that stuff that I felt the first time that I watched it with, with Warwick of like, this is, it's so weird. His performance is so kind of like stilted and, and stiff. And then, and then you get further into the series. And as he starts to bring those walls down, he becomes more natural <laughs> in the oh, absolutely. show yep. to the point that like, by the end of the season, he, 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 like that character doesn't even look like the character. Mm -hmm. from the beginning and Mm -hmm. and then even like the 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 version of willow that he plays in the flashbacks is even different from that and it's like like just watching it again i'm just like it's so smart and the writing is so smart and all of this stuff in the background with the the uh the lovecraft stuff and these elder gods and all of that i mean john kasdan hooking it into an existing mythos Mm -hmm. so that we don't have to spend five episodes explaining to everybody who Mm -hmm. like what these things are. If you care, you can go find out. Right. Like it's it's there. And the choices of like what was brought in and what's been highlighted and you know, Graydon being Graydon Hester and all of that. Like it Mm -hmm. like like it all it all has meaning, right?
1: Well and it's also like it's actually tangible. So like sometimes I think a lot of the times with Star Wars, uh something that happens in in i don't want to say for every star wars media but but a lot of these stories that are coming out a lot of people myself included have read too much into it Mm. to and and i don't want to say that's a bad thing that's not a bad thing i think we should always read too much into into media but to the point where we projected on a lot of the story that was happening from the very beginning especially with the sequel trilogy but so, so we were able to pull things out of it symbolically that related to a huge 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 por- portion of of people of you know specifically women and people of color and then it didn't happen and we all had to backtrack and figure out okay what did i put on this that made me think that this was intentional or or that this was going to turn out well even like you know subconsciously on the on the part of the creators and so we had to do a lot of like kind of re I don't know some of us like you know me and Marie Claire and like some other people like Missy's talked about this before as well that like we kind of had to take a step back and, and kind of reevaluate why we were doing this and like why we're looking at media in this way and the yeah. funny thing yeah. about Willow is that like you said like it's it's all there you know you can read you you can absolutely read into it it is intentional but it's also tangible m- meaning that it's not just like buried in the symbolism it's not something I'm not projecting on it in order to make that true it's actually true like Mm -hmm. they're being very very clear about the relationships they're being very very clear about uh the mythos that they're working with multiple interviews he's talked about this John has talked about this um he's been clear about Graydon's journey he's been clear about the fact that This is somebody that is going to be really important going forward. Um, They showed us that he was alive. They had the thing with Kit holding, you know, she held the stone that was in Willow's staff Mm -hmm. in order to show, uh, show Eric back to the light. Like all these, these are all tangible things that they could have done more symbolic. They could have been, they could have kind of like tossed a carrot out there for the fandom but they did it. They're not Easter eggs. It's, it's all, it's all there, you know? Yeah. And that makes it easier for us to say, okay, this isn't just me. Like this is like casual fans that aren't reading super into the symbolism or the myth. They're getting it too. Just because that's what's happening on the screen.
0: Yeah. I th- I think there's, I think, I think it comes from two places, right? Like, so on the star Wars side, when we talk about that, I think that the way that Star Wars gets treated in terms of its mythology and the symbolism always goes back to the cave on Dagoba, right? Right. Like that is, I think that, because in the first movie, the first movie is very earnest and it's very straightforward and it's very objective. A right. New Hope is like, it is what it is. Everything's on the surface. Obi-Wan mm-hmm. explains what the force is. He explains, you know, like the only thing that's kind of like a little bit mysterious about that first movie is when he starts talking to Luke after he's dead. Right. <laughs> but but we also understand immediately that he's speaking from beyond. He, he said, I'd right. become more powerful than you could possibly imagine. That's what he was talking about. Yeah. Right? But then we get to Empire and we go into the cave and and Luke is like, what's in there? And Yoda goes, only what you take with you. Leave your weapons. You won't need them. And then he goes in with his weapons and he fights himself as Darth Vader. And we're all sitting there going, the helmet blows open and it's his face. And what does that mean? And you know, like it means a bunch of stuff. It means a yeah. whole lot of things. It's all yeah. of the symbolism of the entire original trilogy wrapped into one scene. Mm-hmm. And it takes decades to unpack and we're always finding new stuff. And that's one of the fun mm-hmm. things about star Wars. I actually right. think like the way that George uh, Lawrence Kasdan uh, and Irvin Kirshner sort of as those, those three people who put that together.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I think that they did that really well, mm-hmm. but a lot of people who come along afterwards try and replicate it Mm -hmm. with their own ambiguous cave on Dagobah. And if there isn't intentionality there, then it has no meaning. So Ryan Johnson does it and the mirror Mm -hmm. has a lot of meaning and we can talk about that and we'll be talking about it for decades to come. Exactly. But then chris terrio and jj abrams do it with dark ray and it's hollow it has no meaning to it it's just a it's just a well you remember when luke fought darth vader and but it wasn't really darth vader and it was him inside that well this is the same thing you guys and it's like exactly but it's not the same thing because that doesn't mean anything to ray because ray dealt with that part of her in the last movie didn't she we've already done this yeah Yeah. like it's it it, like that but that's regressive that's not that's this character isn't the character that we left in the last film please somebody write a book or make a tv series like the clone wars that explains why ray goes from (laughs) you know learning from luke peace and purpose to just being angry and without direction in in rise of skywalker right exactly And Mando has a lot of that same, that same quality where it's like there's stuff going on and there's symbolism showing up and it's borrowed symbolism. Mm -hmm. It doesn't actually, it doesn't actually belong to the story. It Mm -hmm. belongs to other stories. I I had
1: like a whole video (laughs) about that, about the second season of Mando, because same thing first season, you watch it, you go, Oh, this must be intentional. Second season oh wait what
0: (laughs) yeah that's what we're doing and then and then we go into book of boba fett and in book of boba fett those first three episodes are so tight and so good and you're like holy crap like they have something to say about boba fett about this character Mm -hmm. all of a sudden i love this character again and then that third episode ends and and Mm -hmm. we come into the fourth one and it's like well now all the tuscans are dead and now he doesn't have purpose anymore and now it's this weird sort of like so he's a he's a crime lord but he's like a is he's like a benevolent crime lord okay <laughs> like i like the idea but like can we can we talk about that no we can't talk about that no. uh he's got a rancor though so that's pretty cool and then like and and then the rest yeah. of that season is really cool i think that there's a lot of i, I i've just been talking on rebel cells with joe a lot mm-hmm. lately about how like i think people are really hard on book of boba fett and I don't think it's really, I don't think it's as fair. Like people will be like, Oh, it's crap. And it's like, actually I think that it's, it's got a really good first three episodes. And then mm-hmm. it does a lot of really cool stuff in the, in the second half of the season. It's just that like, I think they just kind of lost the thread a little bit, but it's exactly. still, it's still better than that to me. It's like, it's still better than no star Wars, which is what we used to have <laughs> back in, you know, between 2005 and 2008, it was like, we right. were just sitting there reading bad comic books and, and, getting half decent to not great novels you know yeah so yeah it's like it's all like you you sort of balance it but but at the same time there are like there are these major flaws in the way that they told these stories and then and then you look at willow where Mm -hmm. in that in that first movie that like where which is where everything's going to come from right like Mm -hmm. that's the seed that everything grows out of there's a lot of effort in that story to make sure that everybody knows exactly what this story is about right Absolutely, and yeah. like like the theses are stated repeatedly mm-hmm. um like it's it willow is told multiple times exactly what he's going to need to do in order to save the day and so when we get to the end of the movie it it all makes sense and it all starts with the high aldwin and he's like the the power to control the world is in which finger and it's <laughs> In Star Wars, it would have been like a, a like a sort of subtle wink to the camera of like, it's your, like he should have picked his own finger. And then we never yeah. would have talked about it. Yeah. But but in Willow, which I think was George sort of learning a little bit from, from his previous storytelling, yes. it's the high old one takes him aside and goes like, let me explain to you what the lesson of this, exactly. of this test was. Because it's not like, because it, <laughs> he is still... Willow, and he is still going to become a great sorcerer one day, whether or not he passes or fails that test. Failure right. isn't the end of the journey. It's just a step on the road, right? Mm-hmm. And the High Old One understands that and explains to him, like, you knew. And that's, and it, it, it's more important that you know, now in this moment, trust your intuition mm-hmm. than get the answer right. right? Absolutely. Yep. And I feel like Star Wars is kind of always wanting us to get the answer right instead of instead of Uh, instead of like literally in some instances with willow and with this show holding Mm -hmm. our hand and that's okay it's okay not everything needs to be a mystery box there are no mystery boxes in this show which i absolutely (laughs) adore about it like it it it, it's it's like a it's like a box of cereal from the 90s it's like everything that it says (laughs) on the box is inside the box including the prize like you know exactly what it is uh, whereas like everything nowadays like if jj if J. abrams made a box of cereal it would be like it would just be a big question mark and you'd open it and it would be a bunch of like metal shards and you'd be like i thought i was buying a box of cereal and he was like yeah that's what i wanted you to think and it's like <laughs> okay you know that's it's like like him and m accurate. night shamalan just like that's their whole <laughs>
2: That's, That's their, thing.
0: their and and it's not just them. I like Christopher Nolan, who's an incredible filmmaker. Yeah, right. Yeah. Who knows his craft so well relies mm-hmm. on this stupid, cheap gimmick way too much.
1: Well, right? I call it. I I like to say it's when a creator wants to fool their audience. Mm-hmm. Right? They they get their kicks off of like fooling the audience. This happens a lot in television now too, not just in like you know with obviously it happens with these big budget films but it's also happening in television which is why everyone has such hesitancy and getting passionate about these these new stories or these stories that you know are coming back even back around it's like well they're if they're they're gonna try to fool me they're gonna try to tell me that i'm watching something and they're gonna turn around and be like "Ah, ahaha you know this is actually not that kind of story it's actually this and 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 people are just sick of it well like that's
0: yeah. The closest thing in this show to a mystery box is like the the whole drama around the Chimerian curious right? Like there's a yeah. little bit of like uh when it first starts getting talked about and then we get the flashback and Borman's telling the story and it's like like but but <laughs> like they do such a smart thing, which is that as he's being kept in exposition, he gets mm-hmm. interrupted and then he makes the comments of like you got nobody has patience for an epic tale these days, right? Like <laughs> and And it's like, like that's in there to tell us that like, look, listen, that's, it's actually not that important. And then by the Mm -hmm. time that he gets it, he he and Allagash are fighting over the Curus and he gets it and Mm -hmm. he puts it on. And then everybody's like, why haven't you activated it? Mm -hmm. Right. And in the show, the characters are like, I don't understand. This is what you've been after. You've got the Lux, you've got the Curus. Why aren't you using it? And Borman's like, oh, no, you got to wait for the right moment. It's got to be the." Th-. And he's telling us, the audience, two things. Hey, this isn't the time that we're going to use this. You guys know that this is a season finale thing. Like, come on. Right. We all know this. And also, he's telling the audience, like, this isn't mine. This isn't for me. And I know it. I just have to come to that realization. consciously rather than subconsciously so it's like it it and and like we were all saying as we were watching the show it's like it's the show is not lying to us Mm -mm. it keeps telling us what it is it keeps telling us where it's going
2: yeah Um,
0: and 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 it kept every promise that it made which is so refreshing compared to a, a lot of other Shows oh yeah right now you know
1: the fact that we ended with so many things resolved was mm-hmm. shocking to me like i like i knew it was going to happen because they were telling me it was going to happen but i had a tiny little voice in the back of my head saying like oh no <laughs> like what if yeah. they do this what if they do that and thankfully they did it they they tied up a lot of loose ends and it was like oh, okay i could like breathe now and that's honestly that's when i was able to truly fully support and celebrate the show was at the very very end of the the season because i was able to say yes they're not trying to fool me they're celebrating the fans like you know we we like to say in the fandom like the show loves you back yeah because it does like it's a warm blanket it's telling you everything it's dense with it too it's like dense with all of these like Great little things throughout where every time you watch it, you go, Oh my god, that's connected to this, and oh, that's such a great message that connects to this. And yeah. <laughs> it's so, yeah, good. I
0: mean, yeah, and it, like, like, like Borman constantly referencing back to, like, you know, that because the overall theme of it is that love is the most powerful force in the universe, right? Like, that's yes. like, that's love is the most powerful magic, um, which, which. Which is also, hey, everybody, just in case you didn't know, that's actually also the message of Star Wars. <laughs> it, yeah, it, it they is, just won't say it. Yeah, it's just like, but and then it. the other part of it is that they're like, for some reason, Star Wars, and I think this is because of the prequels, because of the Jedi, mm-hmm. and everybody missing the point of the prequels, mm-hmm. except for George. I think he's like, George, and maybe, <laughs> like, I think maybe Dave understood it at one point, but now he's kind of caught up in his own stuff with ahsoka and mando and it's like i, I don't know yeah i don't know i don't know what's going on with that i'm really hoping that ahsoka kind of like that that show that that's what he's been building towards and that's why everything else has been a mess because he's just been building towards that mm. and then he's going to get back into it but but the prequels showed us that like like this idea that that love is the most powerful thing and anakin says it in attack of the clones mm-hmm. where it's like but i padme's like i thought Jedi aren't allowed to love and he's like no like we're we have to be compassionate we have to like care about the universe like that's that but is then love, right
1: yeah but then but, people can poke arguments and saying that what he said was true because of there's there's just too many other things in the in the film that contradict it because of Anakin's end and the trilogy and all of that yeah. like
0: but it like Star Wars is afraid of erotic love a hundred and ten percent it's like terrified of erotic love right i know Uh, like and even even just like basic romantic love it Mm -hmm. it has a hard time with in in the prequels and and in the sequel trilogy especially right but in the original trilogy it actually doesn't like the han and leia Mm. romance is central to the second and third film like it's a really important part that is the subplot like the secondary plot of empire strikes back is the romance plot with han and Leia. That's exactly. like from the hallway fight until I love you. I know like that, mm-hmm. th- like Luke is training to be a Jedi and these two dummies are falling in love with each other. Like that's, <laughs> that's, that's empire strikes back. Right. But then, exactly. but then star Wars, because of the prequels sort of having this message, like the Jedi having this message of, um, you know, like that's like attachment is the path to the dark side everybody got that in their heads and thinks that the Jedi are right and aren't paying attention to the fact that that ethos is why the Jedi die. Exactly.
1: (laughs) That's exactly.
0: And then Luke in in the last Jedi also doesn't understand it yet. And so people then again, thinking that Luke is supposed to be this, this, I, I, you know, immovable, like I, I, the pillar of truth when it comes to the force Right. again, missing the whole scene with yoda where he's like you're luke you're dumb like you need to <laughs> i'm still teaching you this lesson all these years later like uh luke doesn't have it all figured out and no. that, and and actually ray is the one who does have it all figured out and she knows that well if she goes to ben solo and she mm-hmm. treats him with compassion that 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 could turn the tide that could be the thing that wins this war
2: exactly. right
0: not killing him but mm-hmm. bringing him back Right, like it, it right. it's in there, but everybody, there. but everybody wants to ignore it. Whereas uh, this yeah. show is mm-hmm. like, it has a character in it who's literally the voice of the audience. That's like, hey, you want the two of them to kiss? Yeah, M- me too. <laughs> right, like yeah. Bo- Borman's like, guys, let's all kiss. Like, yeah. it,
1: it, there's also it's, the. It's so good. The scene where uh the but uh, Graydon's driving the mudmander and he yeah. says like, it's going, it's listless. It needs to rest. And, or uh, I'm not sure what to do basically. And Borman's like, uh, he, he does what we all do. We mate. And it like yeah. came completely out of left field, but also, but also it was incredibly purposeful. Cause it was like, you know, this is, this is about relationships, but it's also about love. And it's also about the fact that this mudmander who represents Graydon in the moment doesn't have a partner. And, like the fact that this is all explicitly in the text it's all in the script it's just like thank god because that is the only message we can take away from like like things like star wars and other like lucas stories which are based on you know very heavily Cambolinian ideals which is that uh, you know, we all tell these stories to ourselves, and it always comes back to human connection and the mm-hmm. power that individuals have to to love and to take care of each other and to take care of their families and their communities. Like that's the whole point of going on a hero's journey is so that you can come back and bring back what you learned on that journey to your community and to your family to pass it down. And Star Wars doesn't, <laughs> unfortunately, Star Wars doesn't give us that they don't it doesn't give us the elixir especially at the end of the the sequel trilogy you know they they give us the absolute opposite of that so willow is for a lot of people healing in that way and that it's healing kind of the wound that was created by star wars which is funny because one of campbell's quotes is that uh the actually it might have been Bill Moyers that said it i can't remember but uh during the power of myth one of the things that they said was the only um the only weapon or the only oh, I'm sorry i remember it uh, the the only thing that can heal the wound uh is the weapon that dealt the blow
2: mm.
1: meaning that like if you hurt someone like like it's you know, the only way that wound can heal is if the person who hurt you heals it. So here we have Willow, which is a Lucasfilm property and, you know, coming right out of that, the same, a lot of the same creative people, a lot of the people who have been a part of this whole thing from the very beginning of Star Wars, you know, with Casten's namesake and everything, and they're healing the wound that was dealt by Tross for so many people, I yeah. think. I think that that's really important. It's it's funny. And I don't know if they're going to say that at some point. I know that like Kazan has had some interviews where he's talked about, you know, like people have asked about Ray and her ending and um he has nodded to it. Like he's he's acknowledged it.
0: Yeah, he's he's definitely he's said I think as much as he can say being that that is the company that yeah, holds the keys to him continuing to tell this story, right? Exactly. And it's it's one of those things where I think that like ten years down the road, after he's all done with this mm-hmm. and uh, and 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 doesn't have to worry about keeping everybody happy, I uh, that that maybe we'll hear him say some stuff. And I I mean like I think that ten years down the road, when we talk to anybody who was at Lucasfilm at this period in time. Uh, mm-hmm. Is going to have some stuff to say about the way that 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 third movie went. Yeah. I think even I, you know what? I think even JJ at a certain point it'll it'll come up that he'll be like, I'm not happy with that movie. I don't know how I don't know how one could be, but mm-hmm. at a certain point, like like you have to you have to sell the movie. You have to go out there. You have to say it's going to be fun, right? Like yeah. you have to say these things because it's your job. You it's mm-hmm. a it's a commodity and it's got to be sold in order to keep the machine running. And unfortunately with star Wars, that machine is massive and Mm -hmm. it requires a lot of fuel. It requires a lot of energy. Mm -hmm. Um, You have to mine a lot of Kyber crystals in order to keep that death star (laughs) going. And and that means that, you know, we got to put Grogu back in the stupid baby carriage because that's what's on the t-shirts. You guys, (laughs) we already made the t-shirts. Everybody's already got the action figure. You guys, you got to put him back in that thing. Cause, cause like, I know I, cause it's what, that was one of the main complaints that like sort of was coming out from, from, I think our circle uh, on mm-hmm. on Twitter with that trailer was like, it's so, this is so regressive. Why is he back in the baby carriage? Right. Yep. We saw him flipping around and jumping in Boca Boba Fett. And now we're putting him back in that thing. It's like, well, there's a technical limitation here that we also have to consider of like, it's hard to move the puppet. It costs a lot of money to move the puppet. Now, mm-hmm. They should have aged up. They should, have, there should be a time jump between season two of Mando and season three of Mando. That's the way that that story should be told. That's yeah. not what they're choosing to do, whatever. Mm-hmm. Right. He should be older. He should be able to move. He should be a CG character at this point. Mm-hmm. What They want to keep going with the puppet. So they, they have to figure out a way to keep him mobile, and keeping up with the rest of the the characters, right? Mm-hmm. But instead of doing something progressive and giving him, I I was making the joke, I think, on Rebel Cells with Joe. I don't remember if it was when we were recording or afterwards. But I was like, give him a hoverboard, like give him something cool, <laughs> like give him like a little like Kit kick, Cloud Kicker tailspin little hoverboard that he floats around on. Yoda yeah. had had his little chair that he would sit cross legged in for some scenes in Attack of the Clones, right? Like mm-hmm. like we actually have other solutions for this already. But, but because there's iconography and when I say iconography, I don't mean in like the mythic sense. I mean, like literally there are icons that mm-hmm. they want to slap on lunch boxes and that, that are all over Disney and all of that sort of thing, you know, like, we'll, we'll, so he's going to be in the bag. He's going to be in like the shoulder bag and he's going to be in the pram. That's the way that it's going to be. Right. right and right. they're going to keep doing that until they get to a point with that character where they feel like he's, he's actually progressed far like the story has progressed far enough that he doesn't have to 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 keep sticking with that right yeah it'll be when he gets a lightsaber when he gets a lightsaber which will be (laughs) at some point that'll be more iconic than him being in the egg and 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 they'll move on from it but but that's how star wars works right we got to put kylo ren back in the mask because the mask sells toys
1: exactly so
0: the third movie happens we got to put him back in that thing and then i think with willow John Kazan's over here going like, can I play with these toys that nobody else wants? (laughs) Like, (laughs) like there's this box over in the corner of Lucasfilm that it's like, yeah, you guys have got like Mangold's over there making an Indiana Jones movie. Mm
2: -hmm. Okay.
0: That's going to be really, really good. That's going to be a really good Indiana Jones movie. You guys are obviously putting a lot of eggs in that basket. And you've, you've, you've actually, you've actually put most of the eggs over here with these star Wars things with these action figures over here, but like nobody cares about this thing that's been shoved in the corner. That's been collecting dust for 30 years. Mm -hmm. Can I play with those? And, and Kathleen Kennedy is like, yeah, sure. Right. Whatever, (laughs) whatever you're, you're, you're Larry's kid. Go play with whatever you want to play. You can touch whatever you want. Right. Right. And so because of that, it's the, the whole Nepo baby thing has been going around. And I'm like, look, listen, As long as, as long, like there's, there's an aspect to it of like, yeah, I get it. Like some people, it sucks that some people have advantages that the rest of us don't, but it is the nature Mm -hmm. of capitalism. It's the nature of the world that we live in.
1: There's,
0: there's also actually like a very logical and good reason why this happens, which is that Mm -hmm. like, if you're, if your parent is a master of a craft and you take up that craft, alongside them as an apprentice eventually you succeed them and become a master as well and that doesn't always happen sometimes you end up with max landis right and Mm -hmm. like yeah absolutely he's learned a lot of stuff from his dad he also learned a lot of bad stuff from his dad apparently because the two of them are pretty problematic individuals (laughs) but like like you do you do also end up with jason reitman making ghostbusters afterlife which is like
2: Mm-hmm. Like
0: we have another example of a Ghostbusters movie that's just like slap the logo on the lunchbox and let's go, mm-hmm. F- you know, for better or worse. I think that there were good intentions behind that movie, but I think what ends up coming out of that one in 2016 is it's some it's like a flash in the pan that was cool for a couple of minutes, but it just didn't have staying power. Whereas Afterlife, because you've got Jason Reitman coming in and continuing a legacy that he like grew up with and believes in and has all of this attachment to.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: he makes a story that's actually worth a damn it's again it it has intentionality behind it there's a purpose to that story right um and then and now we've got (laughs) we've got John Kasdan coming in and sort of picking up the mantle of his father and going like I can tell mythic stories too I've been paying a lot of attention yeah um and and yeah and and we end up with Willow which is just like everything I think that us uh, star wars lucas like george lucas aficionados i uh, mm-hmm. have been asking for literally from star wars right. for the last 10 years of like right. can, is this can we get some of this and and we got a piece of it ryan johnson was like i'm gonna do everything that i can to study how george lucas made these movies and and why they are as important as they are and i think that's why the last jedi ends up being what it is we've also yeah. got solo which is Lawrence Kasdan and John Kasdan working together to tell a Star Wars story, mm-hmm. which is my favorite Star Wars movie, because it like, it is like, it's so um, unapologetically Star Wars, which a lot of Star Wars nowadays is like, oh, sorry guys. I know that we're Star. Andor is very apologetically Star Wars. It's like, I know we got to have some aliens in the background. We're trying to tell a serious story here though. So like, don't worry it's only for this one episode Mm -hmm. and you're like you're like actually no like actually actually the silly aliens playing cards that's actually like one of the things that i really like about this world so can we have more of that right like and Mm -hmm. and solo is unapologetic about it it's like this is Mm -hmm. this is silly like (laughs) it's it's all silly guys so don't try and hide it embrace it right well Um, that's like
1: i think with john i think that he looks at a story and he says like the silliness is like a part of it. Like it's part mm-hmm. of the world. Like it's part of like what makes us feel good and what makes us want to come back to the world. It, yeah. It's not like it shouldn't take us out of it. And, and I know that sometimes it can, but not if you do it right. I mean, not if you execute it correctly. And I think that's what he was, he was so intentional about was like the characters like rule and good. I love ganoush by the way. She's like, yeah. my favorite favorite one episode character like however so much
0: how are we not <laughs> able to buy that t-shirt like right now like how is that not on the shop disney website how is that Thank not you. in stores it doesn't make any sense it's such perfect merchandising you oh made, yeah the design exists you made a t-shirt make more because we all want it <laughs> we all I want, want ganusha's t shirt
1: Oh, a hundred percent. I want all the merch. I want all of the stuff that we could possibly like the vest, the the jean jacket, the vest, yeah. the, the jean vest. All I want all of it. I want all of it because it's it is wearable and we can I can actually wear that in real life. Like that would be amazing. But yeah, like just all of this this goofiness. Yeah. Um, and it's just fun. Like it's so much fun. I remember the first time Ganoush came out and she like sat on the bench and she leaned over on top of the bench and I was like oh my god I have done that before (laughs) Mm -hmm. I have done that before when I'm trying to be goofy I've been on a really long walk with friends in a city and I've just like leaned over I'm just like I just want to stop I just want to stop and like I'm tired and I'm like oh my god she's (laughs) me you know like but that's but that's like the funny thing is like it's still fantasy like it's still ridiculous and they talk funny and they're little people and you know and Willow tries to give him a high five, and it's like, I love this. This is going to make me want to come back to the world over and over and over again, and it's going to be a part of my nostalgia for it forever. You know,
0: like they 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 get like the it's what is it's the sixth episode where they where they're in Skellen. Right. And Mm -hmm. it's this whole like it's it that's a very silly episode in general. But but it's also like there's a lot of tension because they're in the enemy base. Right. They're in the Death Star. Yeah. (laughs) Like very literally like there's there are direct homages to the fact that they're in the Death Star.
2: Yeah.
0: And and you get to the to like just before the climax of that episode they're in the they finally get into the vault or not into the vault but like to the vault and mm-hmm. it's this ridiculous what's his it's Higglebottom or whatever like it, the, i can't remember that the, but it's a nelwyn yeah like sorcerer from from ages ago or whatever it's his, yeah and and now they have to answer these riddles three sort of thing and it's like <laughs> and it's such a fairy tale moment and it's so silly and the way that it's like it's this is one of the things that I love so much about the show is that it is 100% fantasy, but there is also this weird postmodern meta self-referential aspect to it where it's like right. there's a very contemporary aspect to this thing that it is a carnival
2: mm-hmm.
0: fair ride like 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 fun house thing. Mm-hmm. Like the voice coming out of that sounds like a bad recording. Yeah. And does that make sense? Of- in fantasy it doesn't make sense in fantasy but it makes sense it actually it actually does make sense in this world Mm -hmm. and then there are other people who are like they they checked out when they saw characters wearing denim because they're like denim Uh, doesn't exist in fantasy and it's like you guys this is a made-up land yeah it it exists here also you're thinking about 30 years prior to what Mm -hmm. you saw in the movie and oh actually no it hasn't 30 years hasn't it's 18 years has progressed in the story but right. in any case in 18 years fashion changes right like
2: mm-hmm.
0: so having those having these other things show up and having this other this other thing but I also think there's like this aspect of it that that is kind of genius uh, we're going to talk about the costumes right mm-hmm. and I think that Sarah Young is this is the first thing that she's done where she's like the lead costume Mm -hmm. designer she's done she's worked on a lot of really really big stuff but as like assistant and and she's obviously been learning as she goes one of the smartest things that they did in this is adding the denim into the fat into the high fantasy stuff Mm
1: -hmm. and
0: and playing with the textures and the fabrics where it's like everything looks like high fantasy but then there are these weird contemporary aspects to it that actually give willow its own identity outside of lord of the rings and game of thrones and all this other stuff that all looks actually like kind of the same exactly because fantasy right now is such a like it's it's such a a, a, like a a a, a monolith of of a style Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. like you know, it, there's nothing interesting about it anymore. Game of Thrones kind of ruined it for everybody by being absolutely. as iconic as it was. Right. And then well, here comes this the... show that's like colors and denim yeah. and weirdness <laughs> and, you know, like the 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 curious is so antithetical to any of the design aesthetics from from those other things that I mentioned, right? Absolutely. Um but it it's, absolutely yeah. works. It's like it's yeah. so good.
1: There's a lot of um in, in current fantasy, there's a lot of uh, East versus West type mm-hmm. of styles. Even in Game of Thrones, you see it. And it's and it's all based on these very like, you know, it's very kind of traditional and it's kind of it's a little too old fashioned. Even in the way that they like age it up in like Game of Thrones, they modernize it a little bit, and that they have some of the Asian influence and in some of the Western uh styles, right? Mm-hmm. But they're just like influences. They're just like maybe the way that the waist is cinched or the way that the the rope crosses over, the way that the shoulders are. But then you go into the East and like, you know, it's, it's much more um, – it tends to be a lot more like – Wild and like these are all based on like these old tropes that like we probably shouldn't be vi- revisiting right now. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Like it's it's a bit it's a bit racist. So seeing Willow do this like they're not <laughs> not doing a East versus West thing at all. And in fact, the uh, the tier is lean kind of uh, costumes have very interesting Asian influence if you're to look at like the structure. Um, but they're incredibly Western in their yeah. adornments and in their colors. And then, like Galadorn, which is like a city by the sea, has like these naval sort of things going on. So it's so funny to me that like even at the very like basic fantasy costuming, yeah, you know we're not we're not following any rules here. <laughs> The rules have been thrown in the trash, thank God. And 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 we're not doing we're not looking at like Lord of the Rings or anything like that. We're looking at like from scratch. Like, what is this world? What is the movie show? What can we build off of that? Okay, let's add Jean. Let's add a jumper. Like, let's do let's have fun with it. So love yeah. it.
0: Yeah. No, it it's 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 actually like the 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 thought process behind each and every one of these costumes Mm
2: -hmm. and,
0: and as uh, we've been alluding to this, right? Like I've been drawing these characters a lot over the last couple weeks. And in doing that, I have to like pour over everything that I can find to try and figure out like, okay, how does that, like, like what's going on with that? And, and one of the aspects of it, that's been so challenging, but the most fun is the way that the characters, as they progress through the season, start to repurpose their own clothing. Yes. Graydon especially who is in somebody else's skin at the beginning, right? Yes. <laughs> like, like to the extent that like, like he is so uncomfortable. He is so stiff. He is so um, like he's he's hidden inside his coat and that coat's beautiful. Like that coat is one of the most amazing pieces of costuming in the entire yes. series. It's such a beautiful coat, but he doesn't wear it. It wears mm-hmm. him like, like, it, it, and he's just he's like a mannequin that it sits on in order to be majestic. Yeah, the, the coat <laughs> has more power than he does at that point in time.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And then as the season goes on, you see him, he loses the coat. He's actually yeah. got like, he has like four layers on at the beginning.
1: Yes, I had the same note, he has layers,
0: <laughs> yeah, and. And, and they, they come away and, and it's funny uh, in the second episode, he's basically in, in the, the pants and the, and the shirt and it's like, he, it's all black. Which Mm -hmm. we're trying, they're trying to be like, he's a bad guy, you guys, he's all he's in all black, but then he's Mm -hmm. acting like such a sweet person. So you're like, this does this, there's a conflict here with his costume and his personality, what's going on. And it makes you really curious to see where this is going to go. But he Mm -hmm. actually is dressed like a pirate underneath his princely attire. Yeah, (laughs) he's he's dressed like a swashbuckler. Right. And then later on, he admits that, like, that's what he always wanted to be. So mm-hmm. when we, as he pulls those layers away, he takes off like the elegant, the, this big majestic coat. He's got this elegant jacket underneath it, the, the long jacket. And mm-hmm. then he's got like another sort of like a more, uh, uh, like a more tightly fitted jacket underneath that. And yeah. then he's got the, 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 the like the blousy shirt underneath that. And right. that blousy shirt is actually him.
2: Mm-hmm. And then,
0: and then that gets opened and reveals like his dark side underneath that. Right. When we see his skin. Right. but but there's an interesting component there where like that's actually not that's not him either except it is like it, it, he's, mm-hmm. he's at war with himself and we know like you know that he's gonna have to eat his shadow in order to progress as a character and all that sort of thing but but like there's yeah. just there's so much going on there and he he sheds it by episode mm-hmm. four we see him or we see at least an aspect of who he really is underneath if if he could sort of get rid of all of that nervousness and whatever. And we see that he's actually like very powerful. He's very strong.
2: Mm-hmm. Um,
0: and, and, and he's, he, there is something inside of him that even he doesn't know is there. Yeah. And definitely. then we progress and he puts more back on, he puts layers yep. back on, but he doesn't put the same layers back on. He, he adapts his clothes mm-hmm. to his new persona after the wildwood. And he, yep. and he's got the, I don't know. I'm not a hundred percent sure where it comes from. I think maybe it came from the Wildwood, but he's yeah. got the lighter gray vest that he puts oh. on over. That's like, it's like the long sort of flowing one that he's wearing mm-hmm. in the, in the sixth episode. And the, and then in the seventh. Yep. I, yeah.
1: He wears it from then on. <laughs> and
0: it's, and it's, it's, yeah. it's, he's, he covers himself back up to become this other person that they, that he thinks that he is. And yeah, And then at the end of the season, after he's been killed, we see him again. And he's Uh back to looking like he did in the fourth episode. Right. Which is like, oh, that's actually so it is actually who he is. So much of his story is told. You could literally if you just put screenshots from from each episode of the progression of his outfit, you'd be like, that's an interesting journey that character goes on. Yeah. And, And it's not just him every no it's every single one of them yeah right yeah
1: i want to yeah let me yeah go go ahead go ahead i wanted to add some of that yeah so like so the cross so obviously i had the exact same (laughs) exact same commentary as you did uh, about grades like layers and stuff like that but i did want to mention that the striped shirt is really interesting because it is more of like a seaman's type of shirt like it's like it's a person who works on a boat right it's like more of a deckhand um from what we've seen you know in like fantasy and that kind of that kind of um world in fiction and and it's but it's dark like you said it is dark i think it's in the bluish realm but it's still very dark so it looks black but it's like this neat these navy stripes um so it is very piratey and and but like and to remember like Galadorn does come from a, a town or the a palace by the sea kind of thing. So he has that connection to like water and ships
2: mm-hmm.
1: and sailing. And then when we have the, the cross it's like that cross vest thing that he wears yeah. that you mentioned that he puts back on that. Yes. I, I had the safe thought. I'm like he got this from the wildwood. There's no explanation. He wasn't wearing it in yeah. episode five and suddenly he's wearing it in episode six and There's even one point where he has Willow's like red overshirt over his shoulder Um, because what happened was they the trolls took Willow but they didn't show Willow being taken and you know obviously Graydon was like sitting next to Willow when he was taken and all of Willow's stuff was right there. So Graydon picked up all of Willow's stuff and brought it with them into Skellen and so he has that little cross thing on but he also has on Willow's uh backpack and the he's got the staff in his hand as well. Mm-hmm. And I think in that whole episode, it's something really interesting to me, except for obviously when they put on the, the disguises. He looks like a wizard apprentice. Yeah, Like he looks like he's under the tutelage now of Willow, which works with the conversation that they had and like Wildwood where he's like, I want more of you like time with you and all that. Um, and he looks like a wizard and I just find that so charming. But then also he goes back to shortly after that, like, he goes back to kind of just, he's his own thing. And then suddenly he's using magic because that was the tell. It was like, he is, a, he is a wizard in training And then all of a sudden he uses the flute and it's like, bam, (laughs) now he's a (laughs) wizard. So there's so much fun stuff that happens with, uh, with Graydon. And I think it's even funnier that like, so they, they obviously they cut his shirt off in episode four. Um, and then you can see that the buttons are a little different now. They're kind of, it's more like fastened together in the later episodes. Um, he has the, the the wrap around his hand because he did the ritual where he cut his hand so he has to wrap his hand which also leads to more of a piratey look
2: mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> and then he has uh, a ring I'm a big like fan of like ring symbolism especially when it comes to men because often for men if they're in a fantasy setting and they're wearing a ring it's like purposeful which ri- which finger they're gonna put that on whereas for women it's an accessory so it's a little bit a little bit different um but for for men the left index finger that's the king finger like that's the finger Mm -hmm. that kings wear very large you know ridiculous gems
0: yeah or like a signet ring or something like that right like something that's Mm -hmm. like their their uh their seal like their symbol of of authority
1: exactly it's authority it also can mean like ambition so it's kind of funny like in that episode in like the wildwood he's you can really see that ring stand out um especially because he has the he has the wrap on his hand and he's kind of like using his hands a lot because he's trying to practice what he's gonna say um he's got this big silver ring on that finger and that Mm -hmm. shows that he's like he is kind of this uh emperor to be and he's also really ambitious and like his you know, trying to talk to Alora and to be intimate with Alora, and obviously all the stuff with him shaving his face so he can kiss Alora. <laughs> <laughs> so there's so much going on uh, with that. Uh, yeah, I, I I do love it. I also think that the the vision at the very very end where his shirt is severely unbuttoned uh, <laughs> yeah. exposes a lot more than it has before, except for in episode four. I think that that's telling us like who he's going to be. You know, that's mm-hmm. like kind of tipping us off to he's going to he's going to be a little different in the next season and we're going to see a more grown up, more exposed version of him. So, oh, I'm so excited for it. <laughs>
0: yeah yeah i i like and the thing we can go like character by character and and if we did we would then like that would be this the rest of this episode so i don't think we need to quite go character <laughs> by character but i just i also want to note um the other two that i want to talk about are willow okay. and and obviously i need to talk allura. about allura no oh. I, I need oh, to talk, okay. we can talk about allura as well but i need to talk okay. about kit because of where that is cool. but willow Willow's okay. a quick one because it's very um it's like, it's very straightforward. When we first see him, he's got, got—I'm he, not in the flashbacks, but like in when we first meet him at the very end of the first episode, he's got sort of all of these extra adornments, right? He's the high old wind, So he's got his high old wind stuff. And right. then he puts on even more to like do the ceremony and stuff. And it's all, it's cheesy and it's too much. And it all feels uncomfortable, right? Because yeah. he's, he isn't the high old win like he says he's the high old win he is like in terms of status and everything within the the one village but that's not actually who he is because he's denying who he is because of what sorcia said to him right, right. because right. she told him you're you're never going to be a great sorcerer and her saying that to him cut deeper than anybody else would have. Right. And so he Mm -hmm. goes back and he, and then that doubt is always there. It's always there. Right. And so when they go out on the adventure, all of a sudden he shows up as they're about to leave with the wagon and, and he's having his conversation with, with Mims and and she's sort of like, she's sort of like buttoning him up. Right. Mm -hmm. And he's got, he has like so many layers on. Mm-hmm. And it's all of this stuff hiding who Willow actually is. It's all this stuff that he doesn't actually need, right mm-hmm. um, he's got the backpack full of stuff. it's got a flamethrower which we'll find out later later for <laughs> some reason. Uh, he's got like the the leather armor like it, it 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 it's funny one of the things about Willow about the movie that I appreciate so much is that the nelwyn have a complete, and fully functioning society outside of the Daikini, right? Mm-hmm. They have their own, like they've got farmers. They've got, I, uh, uh, like a, uh, uh, like, uh, uh, like a theocratic, I, uh, uh, government system because the High Aldwin is a, is a, uh, uh, like a priest of sorts, right? Yeah. A religious figure, mm-hmm. um, and they also have warriors, and their warriors are badasses. It doesn't <laughs> matter that they're little people, right? Mm-hmm. Like, which is. I think like our, our sort of negative associations and stuff like that, like our, our own um, like, like prejudices and that sort of thing in our world. And George Lucas was like, no man, just like the Ewoks, these guys will mess you up if you cross them. Right. <laughs> like, and, and, Absolutely. and we know that he, like he has said flat out that he wrote this movie. Like he, like he, like he created this world specifically mm-hmm. for work to star in this. Yeah. And, and that he, like that's intentional again it's like it's in there for a reason to show that like like there there are there is a warrior group within this and we and silas goes with them right and we see but silas is not nearly as adorned as willow right Mm -hmm. and and silas moves around he's like i will cut you right like that's silas (laughs) and i believe him but willow has on all of this extra stuff to make him look like a wizard to make him but also like this stuff protecting him that he Mm -hmm. doesn't need and he slowly loses it and and i think at i think it's like episode six where like i don't think we see that the the
1: the leather thing the leather
0: yeah like the yeah. stamped leather armor i don't think we see it again after that um yeah. we certainly don't see it in the last two episodes mm-hmm. i i and especially like by the hit when he finally shows up in the finale to really to be the sorcerer that rizal told him that he was right mm-hmm. and he believes in himself again um he has none of that he is it's like he's very simply it's willow and he's got the staff and he looks an awful lot more like he does at the end of the movie than yeah. than he has throughout the entire series um yeah which i think was again 100 percent on purpose right
1: yeah uh, to to go off of that too like it's i mean to your point like the whole all the journeys of every single one of these characters is like them experiencing like a nakedness. Mm. Uh, And and that's, and that's an important word because I mean, yeah, it's like, you know, being honest with yourself and being, you know, trying to figure out who you are and like being reborn, like all of that. That's all in that. But truly they are taking off parts of themselves Mm -hmm. and they're finding bits of their environment that they love, that they like, they they're passionate about and they're putting that back on and that happens with every single one of them and i think you know obviously what that's symbolic of is that you know we're integrating right the it's like you know very youngian type of thing like mm. where you try to find your you have to deconstruct it first you have to deconstruct you have to figure out what is my shadow and like what is my ego and what is this what is that um what are all these bits of myself that I haven't really explored, and and then when you f- you find them and you discover them and you look at them for the first time, you go, okay, well now what am I what am I supposed to do with it? And something that I think you know I've always come back to, and I made a video about it uh, regarding Kylo Ren specifically, is that you have to eat it, you know and it's a, eating your shadow eating the parts of yourself that you don't find appealing or the parts of yourself that you might not necessarily understand if you eat that and obviously that's figurative but <laughs> but you know take it take it however you would like to interpret it i think it's a great way to say it because it's saying that it's always going to be a part of you and if you if you're able to eat it then you're able to integrate it into yourself and it's a healthy way to move forward yeah if you understand it because it's always going to be a part of you and that's what they're doing with their costumes like i mean that's what they're doing regardless like they do it in other ways they do it in ways that are very tangible very explicit in the text but the costumes are showing us that they're doing it
0: <laughs> yeah
1: that's pretty cool
0: yeah there's a, there's also an element where like at the, in the first episode when they all set out everybody has an they're all very clean and and so the colors are all um, they're all wearing uniforms all distinct right yep. so like Borman is very brown from head to toe even though he's got mm-hmm. other colors mixed in there he's very brown it's all about his leathers and yep. everything like that he's got this this heavy armor on um and and it, it, like that's his look and and Jade is sort of maroon and gray she's got a very mm-hmm. cl- it's it's the color palette really accentuates with her hair like she's very like red right yes. and then kit is black she looks she looks like mad martigan which is obvious yeah. so purposeful um elora is this i mean we don't even know that she's a laureate dove is mm-hmm. is this bright green and purple which is a, <laughs> which is actually like in terms of color theory and character design it's actually antithetical which is which is an interesting uh, mm. uh, aspect because those colors Traditionally, we associate with villains. It's Mm -hmm. it's it's a really interesting choice to put her in those colors. And I'd I if I could ask them one question about that character, I'd be like, why did you guys go with purple and green? Mm Because they're they're opposite ends of the color wheel, Mm -hmm. so they're high high contrast, Um, and. They're the opposite end of the spectrum from uh, from what we usually see with with our heroes, uh, right? Which is like red, blue, yellow, which is the primary colors. Right. And like when we we you'll notice, look at supervillains in comic books because you're working with with base colors. Back it's in, usually the, purple in the 60s,
1: green, yeah. Purple,
0: green, and orange are villain colors. Red, mm-hmm. blue, and yellow are hero colors, right? So it was, right. I, I was like, that it's really interesting that they chose to do that by the end of the season everybody is more muted their colors yes. have all kind of bled together mm-hmm. they've the aspects of each other's outfits have made it into each other like not not literally like you know i took a piece of your clothes you took a piece of mine but mm-hmm. like but style choices and everything everything kind of ends up being very similar by
1: mm-hmm. the end
0: of it and then there's even the gag in the in the finale episode with Borman, where he's like, "We need to all cover ourselves with dust, right? Yeah, we need to, all, and and like that's like we we're a unit. Like we gotta we gotta all camouflage together. Um, <laughs> we all have to be the same. And when they get to the final fight, like everybody kind of looks the same. Yeah. Uh, and when they walk out together, it's like they they don't look like a group of like they don't look like a, a, a like this disparate group of individuals. They look like a family, At right? The, which is, I just like, they did it. They did it so, so well.
1: They uh, did. I think, I think Alora's costume is really interesting in that, like the points that you brought up. Cause I think gen- genuinely what, where I think that they went with this. I think what the intentionality was, was that um, they uh, purple's hidden hidden royalty, right? Purple's hmm. royalty. Uh, obviously it's the, the, it comes from her uniform as being a kitchen maid. So not only is she, is that, a part of her that's dove and Brunhild, it's also hidden royalty. So yeah. you have that aspect. But then you have the green, which is the idea that she's actually I mean, first of all, that's probably the only appropriate piece of clothing that she owns. <laughs> um, but that's it's probably the only thing that she owns that's actually gonna keep her warm. Yeah. But it is green and it's like, you know, that's that calls to the fact that she is kind of this she's a part of nature. She's a part of her environment. She's a part of her mm-hmm. surroundings. Um, but it's the most interesting thing to me about Laura's outfit. Well, okay, sorry. It's not just one thing. It's two things. I apologize. It, <laughs> one is the little tiny bit of flesh that we see
2: mm-hmm.
1: in the middle of her, like between her breasts, like right under there. And at and, and first, when I first saw it, I was like, no way, like no way they are, yeah. are showing that on disney plus like i thought it was scandalous and i'm still surprised <laughs> that i haven't seen anybody talk about it because, because- by,
0: by star wars standards she may as well be in the gold bikini right <laughs> like like
1: exactly
2: which again
0: is like is people not paying attention to george lucas who was like actually sex is a big part of this you guys uh, i'm gonna i'm gonna put lay in the gold bikini it's actually i'm gonna put i'm gonna put lay in a lot of outfits where you're gonna have thoughts i right I, but then, but then in in the the prequels and the and the sequel trilogy, there. I mean, but in the prequels as well, you know, Padme Padme, 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 Padme had gets her um, shirt ripped off just because, <laughs> because
1: right? Right. Padme had some things, yeah. yeah. But, but, but but the clearly, sequels are like
0: hide the sexuality of Ray, and it's yes. like it's yeah. Although That's, although it, Ryan Ryan did go out of his way to show us the sexuality of of Kylo Ren, so yes. you know, he, like he got it. <laughs> That's where he, he got gets it. it he uh, he
1: definitely he knew that Ray wasn't there yet so he didn't yeah. give us that which I, again that was the problem with the third film but but i but i love that this embracing of our sexuality and not only sexuality but just generally like bodies like yeah. an embracing of our bodies as like things that maybe don't necessarily need to be sexualized but need to be seen as like you know, we can see it, we can see it and we can take like symbolism with, with bodies and like the mythology around like what that is and what it means for different people. Like there's so much there to explore that so much fantasy just doesn't, we just don't do it because there's too many perspectives and there's too many people that are, you know, going to have opinions about it. So people just don't go there. And it's like, well, Mm -hmm. no, All of this is in our traditions and we can, we can put it on the screen and we can put it in our stories and still have people who say, yes, I, I relate to that. I relate to that. Or I like, I can see myself in her because she's a little bit more exposed because she's a little bit more vulnerable, you know?
0: Yeah. So again, again, I, when I was drawing Elora and thinking about that design choice and how much because if you if you watch the time lapse you can't in the 30 second one you can't really see it i have a longer one that's over three minutes that where you can see me like moving that around because i (laughs) i i i draw it and then i'm like i don't know if that's in the right spot and i and so what you can't see in the time lapse is me looking at reference on other screens right and i'm like going back and forth and i'm trying to pinpoint like where how much of like, her breast, does it actually show? Right. Where is it exactly on her outfit? And you see me, like, at a certain point, I grab it and I pull it down a lot further lower than yeah. than I had ori- originally drawn it. Because I had originally drawn it, I think, in a more, like, sexually explicit place. Like, sort of more in the middle. Like, like cle- more
1: cleavage. Yeah. yeah.
0: Thinking, thinking that that's kind of what it was. And then it's, like, actually. It's like not. So, it's actually, like, right over, like, her solar plexus. Right. Which is a chakra, Right. I don't know the chakras well enough to know which chakra that but that I like I think that is that's the heart chakra right like
1: yeah I think so
0: so. (laughs) it's it's interesting that like that's the part of her body like obviously her whole like upper chest is exposed as well her whole clavicle and everything is exposed right but then to to go out of their way to be like almost like a like this is gonna sound funny almost like a care bear right like how care bears have their symbol <laughs> right on their stomach right over their right over their heart right right and and their symbols are what you know it's how we know which ones they are right other than their yeah. colors but but like they, they'd actually mean something about them and it's funny that like she is the laura she is the light she's the empress of light and her solar plexus is is exposed um
2: mm-hmm.
0: but but it's also like there are these these wraps coming off of it, these these mm-hmm. like these long tendrils that come off of it. Um, okay. And, so- and there's there's <laughs> there's symbolism there, and it's one of those things where I'm like, I don't, I haven't quite nailed what it is. Do you? It sounds like maybe you have an idea.
1: Um, the tent. Okay, so the, the ten, I love that you call them tendrils. I mean, I have some like more f- forward spec about that, mm-hmm. but I think I think that it's really interesting that that exposure of that piece of skin and drawing attention to it in the way that they did with the ties and all of that stuff. Um, Not only like you said, is like the, the chakra, but also the fact that like Laura makes like a little joke in episode four where she says that she uh, like a, like a vermitrax or (sighs) the Graydon says, how do I look? And she said, says like basically what it translates to is like a dragon at a, like a Vestal Virgin fair. And that's what that that's what that translates to. And she is a Vestal Virgin. And mm-hmm. and the funny thing about like the the whole idea of like Vestal virgins and all of that is that like there's also this connection in mythology and in stories and fairy tales of like sacrificial like sacrificing virgins and also virgins um plunging daggers into their own chests. Mm. There's always this visual of like these young fair women, you know, sacrificing themselves and they're literally plunging a dagger right in that little spot that she's mm-hmm. ex- she has exposed. So it's, it's really funny to me that they would do all of this symbolism. They would like yeah. throw all of this at us and I'm over here thinking like, whew. This is this is really like deep stuff, and that it represents it represents like this, uh, you know, very like adult way of looking at fairy tales. Honestly, Mm -hmm. it's an adult way of looking at fairy tales, but it's for all audiences. So but feel like feel free to cut any of that that you might need to for your audience but
0: <laughs> no I mean <laughs> like, it's really weird no it, 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 I, I think I think that the audience that will be listening to this episode is absolutely like it's us, right like so <laughs> it, it's everybody okay. that's like along the same for the same ride as we are right, but, right. um yeah, it's, it's so funny you're talking about all of that and I'm and I'm just going like man, if Missy were here she'd be like, She'd be like jumping in and being like, and oh, yeah. let me tell you about this and this and this. She'd have so much to say about what we just talked about. Dude, that Missy pr- would be answer like, our questions.
1: <laughs> she would literally be like, Oh yes, Ty, I know exactly what you're talking about because I can yeah. recite to you this exact piece of mythology Bingo. where that happens. I, I just know that it happens a lot. I know that it's yeah. talked about a lot. I yeah. know, I know the patterns. Uh, but but yeah, and I think you mentioned you're I think you were also about to the the arm the arm wraps right so the yeah. arm wraps are interesting too because the arm wraps come off i looked at this today too because i was i was curious they actually come off uh when she and kit have their heart to heart under the stars mm-hmm. that's like the first time that they're gone and then they don't show up again and from then on she's just wearing the jacket if she has her arms covered yeah and that's so like all of that is so yeah purposeful so
0: that one for me that one's easy for me right because uh-huh. i in the in the second episode kit asks so when are you going to start shooting lightning bolts out of your fingers yeah <laughs> and then it gets it gets referenced later as well i think um i is it i think does Graydon say something as well about about
1: shooting? uh eric says it or says yeah eric's said- worm vision yeah yeah, yeah, um,
0: sir. yeah. and so she's got her whole arms are covered but they go all the way down to her hands right the only thing that's exposed are her fingertips Mm
2: -hmm.
0: so she's her power and everything (laughs) because willow there's also a moment in the second episode when she when willow's first getting her to do the 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 berry bush right and Mm -hmm. her instinct her intuition the first time she does it She puts her hands forward and starts moving them around and waving them. And he goes, what are you doing? What is that you're doing with your hands? That's not, this is, don't know. Focus on the words. And he tells her, like, he literally goes back on the thing that he told her just previously, which is that like magic is intuition, right? Right. But he's, he's telling her what magic is for him, not Mm -hmm. to discover what magic is for her. She already knows. And it's working with her hands. She knows it's the baking it's uh, like Mm -hmm. it's that power flows out of her fingertips, which is Mm -hmm. why when she makes her muffins, it's in the muffins and when her magic is off she burns her muffins right it's because it comes out of her hands and so she keeps her arms wrapped Mm -hmm. to hide her own power because she's afraid of it.
1: I mean. It's literally like I made this whole that whole thread about lightning powers and about how like this is re- very repetitive, and a lot of women yeah. you know written stories, but one of the major, major, major components of it is is concealing, right? like with Elsa from Frozen yeah. with her gloves, conceal the power, you know, conceal, don't feel it, and that's what Allura was doing with her arm wraps. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Yeah. And so they come off. And then in the final episode, I mean, like, she's very exposed. It's mm-hmm. just, she's just down. It's the two pieces of clothing, right? She Well, yeah. And then her boots. But <laughs> she's got the pants and, the, and and the top. And that's it. Like all of these other things that she had to cover herself, which yeah. like the, the green wrap, the, the, the sweater wrap is literally like I'm just gonna, I have to take this cozy blanket and I have to wrap myself in this cozy blanket to hide yeah. who I am from the world. And mm-hmm. it's it, it, like, it's, it's very, it's so obvious that one. Um, mm-hmm. But Love I was it. just, I, I looked up what the, what the solar plexus chakra is. And this is what, this is just what Google says. So I take mm-hmm. this for what it is, right? So mm-hmm. the first Google result. Uh, this chakra is where your power and self-confidence manifests. So,
1: Ha-ha. so like, when she's covering it up with the sweater, yeah. it's not necessarily coming through. And that's true because on all of Skellen, she has the sweater on
0: and 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 even when she has that sweater off a lot of the time she's her posture is different she's she's closed in her 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 shoulders are forward Mm -hmm. and she's very she's always very like hunched over herself so she's protecting that part of her body right like when we do that it's where like like that's literally signaling to other people that we're afraid to show our self-confidence, to show our power, we're afraid of ourselves almost when, Absolutely. When, when we have that posture. And then in the final episode, she's upright, her shoulders are back, and her arms are moving around, and they're out from her body. She's mm-hmm. no longer protecting that part of her body. Mm-hmm. and she's totally exposed but she's also like she's the most powerful she's been in the entire show right so yeah <laughs> like she doesn't have to protect that self uh, that part of herself anymore because she's embraced it right mm-hmm. like it's yeah like the, <laughs> seriously we could do this with every character i know and it's so so good um i want to talk okay. about kit though because we got to talk about the chimerian curious so the the curious is the first thing that i drew right like that was at, like and and i had it's funny. Before the series started, I was doing a drawing of Willow that I was going to post like for the premiere, and then I got sick and I never ended up finishing it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also like I I looked back at it and I was going to go like like revisit it and I was like, I, this doesn't I don't like this anymore because it actually doesn't capture because I didn't know what the show was yet, right?
2: Right. So it's like
0: I'm I'm I think I'm actually going to save Willow for last. He'll be the last character that I draw, but um once we found out that the like once we sort of learned what the curious was and figured out where that was going and I was like okay so there's gonna be a moment there's there's absolutely gonna be uh and I think I said it I I I like right after the the seventh episode aired I was like like season finale like it, if we get a magical girl transformation yeah sequence I'm going to like I I said this was the tweet. I'm going to die. I'm going to be reborn and then die again. Because <laughs> like it's that's that's everything that I want. Like it mm-hmm. and and then what did they do? Like they literally gave they her it. like the only thing they didn't do was change the background to like shining <laughs> stars and stuff like that as she was transforming. But we saw that background in the prior episode when her and Alora were talking to each other. So I was like, that's the background. Like that's what's <laughs> happening in my head is that she's going back to that place and like transforming into this outfit.
1: But it literally
0: like the Lux goes in. When we talk mm-hmm. about the symbolism of the Lux and the fact that Jade is the one who inserts it, mm-hmm. I, I, uh, and all of that and everything <laughs> was very I still, overtly I sexual. Still, but
1: I still, oh yes, oh absolutely. But I still maintain that my theory is correct that the lux will not work. Like it will not work yeah. unless somebody does it for you that is trying to protect you. Like yeah. that, I still think that's true. <laughs>
0: yeah, the the love is the most powerful force in the universe, right? Like that's, exactly. That's, it's powered by love, just like Sailor Moon's costume, you guys. Just like her armor. <laughs> that doesn't her armor doesn't make any sense but kits does cuz it like this thing goes Armour. on and it's just like she is this is one of the coolest designs in anything i think in like the last couple of decades i can't think of anything else that's hit me as hard as this has and mm-hmm. it's it's funny cuz it has some aspects of it that i actually like in other things has actually like made me really mad so i'm gonna compare it to the power rangers movie from a few years ago and the power (laughs) ranger suits in that it's actually really really similar in design to that it's got that sort of like biomechanical look to it um with the Power Rangers, it like there was no reason for that. They just did it because mm. it looked cool, and they just wanted a textured CG thing that they could easily animate, right? Mm-hmm. Um, in this, like, there's no CG. I mean, there's CG in the transformation, but like, it that's a suit that she was wearing,
1: mm-hmm. right?
0: So it's a very it's a very practical uh, costume. Well,
1: there's there's no helm. There's no helmet. Yeah. like that was really interesting to me because. You know, you would think that the head is pretty important. You want to cover the head. <laughs> yeah. But but they didn't do that because they were like, no, that's not what this is about. That you have to see her face because yeah. she's gonna try to kill her brother. Like, yeah, you had to see that. And the emotion that we got from it was freaking stellar. Yeah. So we we needed to see her face.
0: So kit so kit kit goes through a few transformations over the course of, of the series, but mm-hmm. her her costume actually changes the least out of anybody's from start to finish. Yeah. Except the fact that she gets the curious, which is this radical transformation into who she actually is. Right. Right. The, the other outfit that she's wearing. So at the beginning of the series, we see her in, in a, in a very different outfit. That's a little bit more her. It's the purple with the vest. She's Mm kind of actually, she's kind of Han Solo ish with her hair tied back. Uh, She's got the Ray buns at the beginning, actually. I,
1: yeah she also has a uh, little spikes they're little gold spike studs on her mm-hmm. shoulders yeah so she's a little um, prickly
0: yeah and she wears a mask <laughs> when we first see her when we first yeah. see her and jade they're both wearing masks uh right. which which i think is a little bit of of uh symbolism about about their their mm-hmm. orientation i think that that's like they're with everybody else in the in tears lean like they're kind of they have appearances to keep up and then once they're out in the wild woods that starts to (laughs) that starts to come away right but when they set off on the quest so i mean like obviously she puts on the gown the gown isn't her right like it's her mother picked it out for her that's like symbolism on that is like so over it's not even worth talking about i (laughs) i when they set out on the quest she's in a different outfit even than when she was going to run away when she's going to run away she looks a lot like mad again. but it's Mm. almost like she actually almost looks like anakin skywalker a little bit yeah Uh, and then they set out on the quest she adds a couple of pieces to that she so she puts on a cloak and she's got a a a shoulder it's like kind of it's not i don't know what it's exactly called it's not a pauldron because it's not a piece of armor Mm -hmm. but it's um it's a uh it's an art it's 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 part of like an archer's uniform right? right and it's it's tied into her to her quiver and everything and she's got the bow and she carries that bow and arrow around for a long time until mm-hmm. the fifth episode uh or is the sixth episode the beginning of the sixth episode when they're being chased she that's, shoots it at the at at the the, the scourge right beginning
1: uh, of the beginning of the fifth episode is that the, begin- yeah. that's the beginning that's beginning yeah wildwood yeah
0: yeah yeah that's right and and she shoots it and it does nothing it's totally ineffectual yep and she tosses her bow on the ground she abandons it because it's not her right like it's like this weapon isn't her she's been dressed as an archer prior to this for almost all of of the quest Mm -hmm. because everybody's sort of like it's funny like they all look like their D classes right like like yeah i i everybody's got their role to play and and there's got to be an archer in the group for some reason because there has to be. Somebody has to be a ranger, right? Well, and, and she's got that weapon, but it's not like it's a, it's it's a borrowed her. weapon. It doesn't belong to her. Um, just she, like the, the sword literally... is her mother's sword as well, right? Like it's designed right. after her mother's sword. It's not her sword. Um, right.
1: Right. So, but Kit starts her journey looking out, or they they start the show with Kit and Jade looking out over the landscape, and Kit is recalling, she's like, don't you want to go out there? Like, don't you want to, like, do something? We want to be heroes. We want to quest, all that kind of stuff. So, the fact that they start her as an archer is actually really interesting because she has her eyes set on something, right? Yeah. She's she's pulling back that arrow and she wants to aim at something but she doesn't know what it is so when she throws it down she kind of has to admit to herself and that's what happens in the episode in wildwood is that she doesn't actually know what she wants other than the fact that she wants jade yeah right so it's like it's literally like like stop looking at this like far off distant thing look off look at what is right in front of you
2: (laughs) And
1: it's beautiful. And I also wanted to mention that uh, Kit and Jade do this really lovely thing where um, they kind of like, like uh, Jade is a lot lot of the times wearing blue in the very beginning, which is a trust loyal type of color. Um, And then later she wears crimson and crimson is more about passion and love. And Kit wears um, some some crimson in the beginning about passion and love but then when they set off like you said they wear black but when they get to Wildwood Jade's or not Jade's uh, Kit's shirt that she's wearing underneath everything uh, has a green tint to it I don't know yeah. if that's like a trick of the light or the filter that's happening in the scene but it does have like a green tint in that episode and then yeah. literally she's wearing the same shirt for the rest of the basically the rest of the season but it's black so i think that they manipulated this a little bit um and the filter and jade is wearing green or sorry sorry jade is wearing red and uh kit is wearing green and it's literally crimson and clover (laughs) which is the song that plays so it's really interesting like what they're doing there and the fact that like the you know the symbolism of picking up picking up the things that you're you know that you're finding along your journey it's yeah. really really sweet
0: yeah so like she she by by the by the end of the series season we're we see her like she looks so much like mad martigan in yeah. the middle of the movie right like mad's mm-hmm. before he gets the armor when he's sort of just got like the the open black shirt and the black pants right and and, yeah. and uh when we see him Sword fighting, right? And right. she basically ends up in that outfit in in Skellin gets his sword, and then like just looks like Mad Mardigan
2: mm-hmm.
0: until she has her moment with him where it's like there's a there's a there's this thing of like she's she's trying to live up to that legacy, right? She's trying right. to there's a I think I think very similar to like when we see Luke in Return of the Jedi and he's in all black because he's discovered yeah. that Vader is his father, right? right? So what does he do? He adopts the the guise of Darth Vader and retroactively by the by the way that the character is designed in the prequels, the look of Anakin Skywalker, right? Like
2: mm-hmm. yep.
0: he becomes his father. Um I I and I, un, until until sort of like right near the end and then that flap, the flap on his chest opens and exposes over his heart the, the right light. That right. that light gray part of it, right? Um mm-hmm.
2: hmm.
0: and and she is very much like she's dressed as her father. She has the the whole vision in the like inside the worm, right? And he yeah. comes to her and is like and they have their whole heart to heart and and he's like, You're like you like you're me. And she's like, No, I'm not. <laughs> yeah. And she finally realizes that actually, actually she's not. And it's really funny because like mads is he's gone off on this quest to find the chimerian curious because it's the thing that's going to protect elora right and he Mm -hmm. needs it to protect elora and then borman thinks i need it because i have to to because i failed mad martigan so i need the curious in order to take up his mantle to protect elora but it doesn't work for him Mm -hmm. and then and then kit who it's obviously destined for i mean we know that from the moment that she first hears about it we're like okay so she's gonna end up with the curious right (laughs) Uh, exactly it's only once she realizes that she doesn't have to be her father that she is her own person Mm -hmm. and she's in she's in control of her own destiny and that she needs to go find it and that it's right in front of her just like jade allura is right there like she's got these these two people it's like she's and they again the show doesn't lie to us
2: <laughs>
0: kit is Elora's sword and shield yeah and jade literally says yeah but i protect kit
1: exactly <laughs> right? and exactly. then
0: jumps down like it's it's so so good because it's just like just tell us just tell us and they yeah. just they just do right so it's yeah. like you've got like this great dynamic with the three of them the powerpuff girls right i <laughs> i it, this great this great trio of powerful women yeah um that willow even sort of references at that at the end where he's like, like we'll be fine i've got you girls right and it's like <laughs> yes totally yes finally <laughs> a show finally a story that's like that doesn't It's not like tongue in cheek about it. It's not Mm -hmm. like self deprecating about the fact that it's about you know a a bunch of super powered girls Mm -hmm. or anything like that. Like it's just like we get to the end of it and it's like no, these are three women who've absolutely earned their stripes uh, over the course of this story and now they're gonna go defend the world and we believe it, right? Yeah. Um, And and we believe it because Willow is like I believe it. Like this is this this was what I was supposed to do was bring Mm -hmm. you guys together and make sure that that you know this happens sort of thing Absolutely. it's once once going back to kit once she realizes who she actually is then borman sees that gives her the curious and it's like no this isn't me this is you right like it's like you've got his sword you've got his heart (laughs) now put Mm -hmm. on the curious and do what he actually couldn't like take it the next step um and and I think that a big part of that does come back to to the fact that that Kit has Jade and Mad Martigan had Sorsha had Sorsha, but Sorsha yeah. lost her way, right? Like, and right. she sends him out. She doesn't go with him.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: She sends him away to go solve the problem and that's why the curious never worked for him. Exactly mm-hmm. what you're saying cuz the only person who could have activated the curious for Mad Martigan been Sorsha.
1: I 100% right? agree, yeah.
0: And so yep. like she all of Sorsha's watching the first two episodes cuz cuz disappears after the the second episode. We we um, until you know we see the vision of her but that's not actually her. Right. Right. She's gone for the rest of the story, but when we see her at the beginning like she is absolutely lost and i i'm so interested to see there's so much set up with that character Mm -hmm. season two has to have a whole lot (laughs) for her to do because
1: are we we getting into speculation territory yeah yeah
0: i mean like (laughs) like just 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 the last thing that i'll talk about with the chimerian curious and then we'll and then we will get into speculation but
1: okay
0: it's just (laughs) the the like I said, like it's got that biotech sort of look to it, which again right. is another piece of this identity that that I think uh, the 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 concept, like uh, art department, along with John Kasdan, along with with Sarah Young, that they put together for this for ha- for Willow having its own vibe. It's not steampunk and it's not true like full fantasy. It's right. somewhere in between those two things, and that's why the denim fits. That's why like like yes. there is. There's some technology, but not their technology hasn't gone along the same path that ours has, because they do have some magic in their world, right? So right. when you have magic in your world, you don't need technology because magic is going to solve some of your problems, right? Um, so yeah. they'll have they'll have progressed along different different paths than us, and mm-hmm. and different groups have different their technologies are are more advanced and less advanced than it, than others, right? But right this ancient technology it needs to be ancient but it also needs to be advanced so it it actually like the fact that it's biotech m- makes a lot of sense it it yeah. works right um and then and then the other aspect of it that they i i think is so brilliantly done but it's not like it's 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 never fully stated in any way it is one mm-hmm. of these things that is purely symbolic She's hot as hell in that armor, (laughs) right? Like it is, it is overtly sexualized. Yeah. But, and this is what I said, like the day after it aired, it's, it's sexualized, but it's also respectful, right? Yeah. She is covered from like, she's got like the choker all the way down to her toes. She is in armor she isn't it's chainmail it's it's like multiple layers of chainmail and then the plate armor on top of it um but it's form fitting it's a it's a skin right and right. it's like it's it is sexy and well, we get the joke Jade it yes! <laughs> looks at her and it's and she's like and then and then the second that like kit acknowledges that jade is looking at her jade plays it off like you know you're going to have to take that off eventually and she's like yeah i i know i will but it's okay.
1: But seriously though, like this is why I love this show. Like mm-hmm. they acknowledge that this is sexy. Yeah. And like I I know a lot of like like <sighs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I I know ace people who are watching this show. Yeah. You know? And they're having so much fun with it. Like we're everyone, anyone, anyone, we're all freaking having so much fun with it it's it's a fun type of sexuality it's an acknowledgement of the fact that we all have bodies and that's something like we we've mentioned this you know lucasfilm and other properties has not done but like we we all have bodies we all have weird stuff we all have you know awkward stuff that's shown, that is shown in the in the show, whether symbolically or explicitly, right? With like Grey, like Grey throws up in the, you know, episode four. There's a lot of weird stuff that happens in episode four. Yeah. But there's also, so there's this, this acknowledgement of awkwardness of what the body is. And also you have the, you have to add the Cthulhu stuff to that as well, the Lovecraftian mythos, the mm-hmm. fact that there are these, like, you know, eldritch nightmares that are very physical and very disgusting and very grotesque. All of that comes from a human understanding of our own bodies and what the natural world actually is. And then on top of that, you have, like, this passion and this beautiful celebration of the fact that we find this sexy and we find this fun and, yeah. and it, it, like... It can be something that we kind of not only wink to the audience, not only like wink to each other like in the frame, but it's like, no, like this is going somewhere. Like this is about loving each other Mm -hmm. and our bodies are a part of that. Our bodies are a part of that love, whether it be romantic love or not, like you hug and you caress and you you know you you care for people you heal people you feed people you play music for people you dance with people like all this is this is all about the body and like yeah. that's so it's so important for me and what I talk about so I'm just I'm just so happy to see it yeah really really happy to see it
0: I think I I've, I saw I have two points to, to to go off of what you're talking about the <laughs> first the first is that that it's it's overtly sexualized but it's Like when I say it's respectful, it's because it's not exploitative, right?
1: Exactly. It's
0: it's not there for us to get our jollies in the way that it is in Game of Thrones, right?
1: Exactly. Anytime
0: a character is naked in Game of Thrones, it's like, hey guys, hey guys, she's naked now. Right? Like it's like there's this like thing where you can feel the showrunners on that show going like, Yeah, this is real fantasy, you guys. Naked Ugh. ladies, right? <laughs> and and then and then Game of Thrones does this thing where they go like, but it's 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 we're in the 2010s, so also yeah. naked dudes, and it's like, yeah, but you're exploiting both sides of it. You've objectified both of those sides. So right. actually, like, yes, is it is it equal? Yes, is it fair? No, <laughs> right? Like, right? It's still you're still being exploitative. You're still preying on, I I like I sort of a a a part of ourselves that we don't that we're not exactly proud of right Mm -hmm. um and so that it feels shameful and then like they even get to the point in game of thrones where that's a part of the story and there's a catchphrase Mm -hmm. you know like yeah it, it like that's how that feels in those types of shows in those types of environments the the other uh genre story that i feel is the closest to this one in the way that it handles sexuality is the fifth element The fifth element is so sexy that movie is hot as hell but it's never it never feels like we're like you know it like it's for jollies right like it's always just like that's that character like lilu is like the embodiment of love and sex is a part of that you guys whether you want to whether whether you want to acknowledge that or not right um like in 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 our society it is right and that's not to exclude ace people from the conversation because I think like that that's still whether Again, or not they yeah, feel it's, that it's still the world that we all live in. So it's well, a part it's, of.
1: It's still a part of a lot of ace uh, even ace individuals have said that it is yeah. Yeah, they're 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 different. They're they're different parts of the spectrum. They're different. Very different yeah, parts it of the
0: expresses spectrum. itself differently, but it's still there, right? Like it's still it's, it's very
1: still there. It's yeah. there in a many ways yeah. that may not. They might. Somebody might not call it sexual. Somebody else might call it sexual. Like it yeah. just depends. But it's so interesting because, like, I you know, there's a lot of that puritanical stuff going on right now. Mm-hmm about how like things can't be sexual p- things should be sexual or whatever. But one of the points that I've made a lot in my videos that you know when I talk about this, especially on my own, but also like you know, any other media that I've been a part of, I try to I try to talk about it is, is that, you know, it's okay sometimes (laughs) under certain types of stories, certain types of messaging Mm -hmm. to exploit. Uh, but we're talking about exploitation and the fact of like, you know, if a camera is like zoomed in on a certain part of the body, right. That's a, that's an exploitation of that body. And, and what we're talking about, uh, so there's like exploitation film, like has a very deep history, has a very rich history. That's very interesting. Um, and what it is essentially is like, like it's like zooming in on that thing, right? Mm-hmm. There's a lot of different types of exploitation in film. Um, and so sex exploitation or, you know, exploitation of the body, these are things that get a really bad rep, but uh, again, they have really problematic things mm-hmm. in the history and whatnot. But, you know, I think that the goal of a lot of, modern movements of especially with women being involved in film more and getting more opportunities to tell stories and and be a part of the telling of the story be a part of like you know uh intimacy coordination and all of that that's about making it so that both bodies involved whether it's you know a man and a woman or a woman and woman whatever like kind of whatever relationship it is whoever it it involves making sure that they're both equal in the telling of that story so that if we are zoomed in on the on the abs of a man we're also going to zoom in on parts of a woman or we're going to like cherish you know it's not like Mm -hmm. we want to make sure that we're like being respectful of people but we're also like Saying like this is something that is good because if you shy away from all of it, like if you get rid of all of it, if you say, no, we can't show any, we can't show bodies. Yeah. Then you're saying that the body is wrong and the body is not good.
0: And (laughs) I think in in the instance of this character and her connection with Jade and this being such, the doc went into this, right? Of them, of of, uh, Ruby Cruz and Aaron Kellyman being like, we're so so proud to represent this yeah on a disney like they say it multiple times on a disney show on the disney platform disney (laughs) such a huge audience so many people are going to be able to see this and it's there it's not a kiss in the background it's not a moment blinking you miss it it is an inherent part of these characters it's part of their journey it's part of their power and so kit's armor being sexual and Mm -hmm. having power in that sexuality is an acknowledgement in my opinion of of them saying like hey this is who she is Mm because there's the moment before where the worm tempts her and says like you can go be with whoever you want and that's like the that's that's the false promise of it of like Mm Hey, if you come with me, I won't judge you. The rest of the world is judging you for for your decision, for your choices—not choices, right. Not choices right. but for your, for who you are, right? right? Like and like, if you if you choose to tell everybody who you are, they're all gonna look at you differently, right? Right. And that's the it. It sounds sweet, but it's actually poison right mm-hmm. It like that's actually like like the worm twisting the truth and saying to her like give into that feeling and then you'll be mine like then you'll you'll fall into the dark side because you'll have given into your fear
1: oh and, and libidit lib- <laughs> libidin,
0: libidin, libidinousness. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Libid- libidinous, libidinousness. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even know like what the word would be in terms of like, yeah, yeah. But yeah, like what, what John said, libidinous. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And instead she comes out and she puts on the curious and the curious, then like it exposes that part of her. And, and, and Absolutely. that's why, that's why the moment with Jade at the end is so important because it is this thing of like kit more than jade was hiding who she was and now kit is fully exposed here's Absolutely. my skin and i wear it and it's it's actually my source of greatest power which is oh hey what, what do you know it's love
2: mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> it's over, the lux is over her heart her heart now like glows it's like we can see into her body Mm -hmm. to her heart and it's this glowing green power coming out of her that she uses to defend alora and that she also then uses to save her brother right like yeah to to and and she could have used it to destroy him but instead you know uh brings him back right yeah
2: um
0: yeah it's 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 all it's all so so good the other thing that i wanted to say about the about sexuality in the show is that I think that we earn it with Kit at the end. It's okay for us to explore this aspect of of female sexual power.
1: Um,
0: Or I should even be more clear of female presenting sexual power.
1: Exactly. Because
0: earlier in this show, we have spent a hell of a lot of time objectifying men. Yeah. (laughs) First with, with, I mean, like Borman from, from the onset is very much like i I love who I am and that includes how I look. He's very clear about that.
1: It right. gets even
0: more over as we go through it. But then seeing Graydon and seeing his power being in his sexuality as well when his chest is exposed and he becomes sexy, dark Graydon, mm-hmm. uh, that's very much like an owning of that power for him. So we see it with we see it with him first before we see it with anybody else. And then we get yes. the great gag of Borman in the waterfall, right?
1: Yes. Which I, is you know, objectification.
0: But then later is... on he acknowledges it and says, It's okay, you guys. I yeah. want you to objectify me. When he has he's like, I had this nightmare of like Everybody was laughing at me because I was naked, which is so weird because like, I'm really proud of how my body looks, which is him (laughs) saying to us like, it was okay when you guys, when you guys like giggled to yourselves, but when that scene happened before, because you were like, oh my goodness, he's, 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 that's his whole naked chest. Absolutely. He's like, no, no, it's okay. I like that. I like that about me and I want you to like it about me too. It's actually one of the things that I'm proud of, right? Well, that's what.
1: That's what I meant to say, and I, I probably used the wrong word. It's not exploitation as much as it is. But it, like I said, isn't in film. There is a realm of exploitative like film. It happened mm-hmm. mostly during like the seventies. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no. The word we want to probably use now is objectification. It yeah. is okay to objectify people when they are clearly okay with you objectifying them. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. And there and- is a
1: permission that is granted, it- right?
0: and 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 look in the conversation in the larger conversation about this stuff we had to swing all the way to one side in order to come back to a place of 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 being okay with objectification because exactly. it was let let's talk about it. in the early 2000s it was out of control right like we got yes. to this place where we were objectifying women's bodies In a really, really grotesque way. And I think about like, whenever I think about this, I think about like Christina Aguilera and sort of like, there was almost like a war happening with pop stars at the time of like, who was going to just show their stuff. Right. Yeah. And, (laughs) and, and Christina Aguilera was willing to go as far as you could go. Right. And still be on MTV. Right. Like still be safe for television. Um, and she pushed that envelope and, and, and I think like that was just the nature of like where we were and what, what we were doing as a, as a society, but it was, very it was a much part of the system, right? Like, oh,
1: absolutely. It was a male gaze type yeah. of situation. Yeah, absolutely. And, and so now we, we've moved beyond that. <laughs> yeah.
0: So that happened. And then the reaction to that was, was, Hey, we really shouldn't be doing this. Right. Um, And it was a, it was a perversion of feminism and girl power that had Mm -hmm. been happening before that moment of like, well, don't you guys want to own the sexuality of your bodies? And it was like, yeah, but, but, but you're not like you, Mm -hmm. this is still for the gratification of men. And I think we've, we've now come back to a place, I think, because. Those conversations were happening in a very like gender binary environment. They were, we were still in a very homophobic environment at the time. We weren't even talking about other types of sexual orientations, like asexuality, pansexuality, demisexuality. Those words didn't like in some instances were like not even part of the vernacular yet. Right. Yeah. They may have existed, but they weren't being used. So now we're in a place and especially like the generation coming up after us, like with with Gen Z and then, and then I suspect what will happen like with my kids' generation. Mm-hmm. Like they're in a world where like we've opened this door for them where we can have these conversations. And they're in a world where they're like, there's nothing to be ashamed of with any of this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So now we're back at a place where we can start to talk about owning that objectification. It just mm-hmm. has to come from a place of like, Objectify me, please. <laughs> right, exactly. Like It's it's a I I'm very fond of when I'm online and my online persona of being like, hey guys, I need this attention. It actually <laughs> is like really important to me that you give me this attention. It's why I draw pictures and it's why I I, I podcast and it's like I want value. I mean, Ty, having you on this podcast is just a, It's just a so far two hours and two minutes of validation for me because. Oh. Cause I admire you and the stuff that you've done. So me talking at length in the way that I'm talking is just me going like, "Do you think that my ideas are good ideas, right?" <laughs> and I do the same thing with with Marie Claire, and I tell her <laughs> that as well. Of like, I just really, I just really want you to tell me that I'm a smart guy. I um, love
1: it. We're uh, hey, you know, we're all just looking for validation, like, like yeah, legitimately.
0: <laughs> I think I think like like because of where mental health conversation is now. It's yeah. like, we can do, we can say that and it's not yeah. self-deprecating in a damaging Chandler Bing way, but in mm-hmm. like a, I think in a Borm, I think Borman's a very, he, look, he is also like, I think one of the most tragic characters in the show, but it's like, he's the laughing clown, or, uh, sorry, yeah. crying clown. Like he's the clown with a tear, right? right? its like, he's laughing, like he's take, making jokes and making fun of himself to hide his sadness. Mm-hmm. He gets there by the end and we're fine by the end. And he's, I want my mommy. Right. But (laughs) I, I, but I also think that like, like he is his expression of his mental health status is the healthiest of any of the group. And that's why he like, he's the older character, right? He's the Mm -hmm. one who's got to lead them through that particular wilderness of like, you guys, let's all make out. Yeah. Right. It's okay. It's okay for us to express our feelings. It's okay for you to be sad, happy, angry, whatever, just like, like own it, be overt with it be out, like put it on the outside. Cause if you keep it in, it's going to cause problems. And he says that because he knows it from experience, which, yeah we see in the moment when Willow's being like, look, listen, I know that of all of them, like you're the, you're the one who cares actually the most. And he's like, see you later. I'm going to go and jumps <laughs> off the cliff. Right. Um, Cause he's like, he's, he, he's, he, although he is the most in tune with his emotions and feelings, he's also the one that's the most afraid of them. I think yeah. because he's looked into the abyss and he's, and the abyss has looked back at him. And so he, yeah. like, he, he, he knows the, the he's, 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 already been on an adventure he's already been on a quest right? right this is quest number two for him just like it is for willow <laughs> um, whereas these kids are all going on their first quest and it, so he's actually already in his empire strikes back yeah this story is his empire strikes back which makes it really interesting of like what's his where's he gonna go in season two um because mm-hmm. i think we can see it with a lot of the other characters where they go in season two yeah um, but with Borman and Willow, Willow like Willow's on that Luke Skywalker from the Last Jedi track, right? Of like, right, it, like it, that story's going to end with peace and purpose. We know it's going to end with peace and purpose. But I, I, but with Borman, I, it's, it's, I'm really, really interested. Like, are, are they actually going to put him through another like dark tunnel? um mm-hmm. like another empire strikes back when when like he actually just came out of that right like like that was sort <laughs> of his journey in this season was yeah. him actually coming out of the dark tunnel that he's been in we've we met him in chains right
2: right so,
0: um because the obvious yeah. thing to do there is for him to is for them to do something to scorpia right and like uh... i say all that because like <laughs> cause i don't want that to happen and no M- missy and 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 marie claire they 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 talked about this of like you know where she's at in her maiden to mage journey she's mm. a king so now it's you know
2: she's
0: she she has to go
2: <laughs> and it's yeah. like
0: i really hope that there's a that that's a that ends up being a symbolic thing to make way for jade to to lead the the bone reavers right but right um that she doesn't actually have to die because that's i worry about not just scorpia as a character because i want to see more of her but and also i just don't want them to fridge a character exactly on, on this show like that exactly just, but also i trust i have i have a lot of trust right now and it's Mm-hmm. our hearts are in John Kasten's hands right now <laughs> very yeah. much um, and so I hope that that he's I think he is aware of that and I think that he's going to make smart is. choices but I also mm-hmm. worry about what that does for Borman right I worry mm-hmm. about the negative effects on that character's journey that refrigerating that character would have um, because I, it, I agree I, I did that I watched Arrow for seven seasons and I it like it's no good you can't just like bring in love interests in order to kill them in order to make people have complex emotions like people can have complex emotions without other people dying
1: exactly And certainly
0: it doesn't have to be sacrificial women every time you know uh
1: yeah yeah no i think (laughs) but i also think like they probably learned hopefully they learned something from solo you know because solo there was a lot of there was a lot of kickback about like you know who died and oh my
0: god val and scorpio yeah. are the same character aren't they
1: they are literally the same character holy crap you just
0: like you just like <laughs> turned that light switch on for me i hadn't connected those dots but yeah that's the and like like we're not even talking about like oh it's kind of it's kind of a similar character clearly inspired by him. no 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 that no. was all this is very obviously john casden going like oh i can i get a second chance don't i eggs <laughs> I'm gonna copy paste that one in there, and let's see how that goes this time around.
1: Yeah, Uh, I I think that it would be really smart, and and again, like I'm willing to listen. I'm willing to listen to the story that's told to me, and I'm willing mm -hmm. to accept if a character is gonna die, and I'm willing to take that in. But at the end of the day, like I would think it would be very unwise to do that because because of Solo, because of all of that, and like and I think that like obviously Val was a great character, and they there was this there was this promise for more to come and then that didn't happen I understand the point but I don't want to see it done again yeah. and I think that Scorpia I think that Scorpio and Borman could be very very interesting in terms of like the political stuff that's going to happen going forward because Jade who is now becoming someone who's very like under Borman's wing you know they had a hugging moment they had they have that connection with Scorpia. Mm -hmm. Like, like she's basically like, you know, his niece. And I think that Jade is going to want to make the bone reavers into like these independent people with a flourishing, you know, village economy, whatever. And Foreman's going to have these split loyalties of like, how he was freed because he was freed by you know, with tears Lee and said, Oh, you can be a free man, all this kind of stuff. I think there's going to be a problem. there. There's going to be a conflict there that hasn't that they're going to, they're going to put into the plot. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, but then also that Jade is going to be more of a staunch, uh, she's going to be more of a, like, she wants to follow the rules and do things correctly and be like a justice kind of person. Yeah. Whereas Scorpia is going to be a rebel and she's gonna to want to do things like not by the book. And that's gonna be a problem for Borman. So I think I think there's plenty of ways to take this. Like <laughs> if you
0: put I'm, them if you put them on the D alignment chart, right? Like Yeah. Jade is lawful good, hundred percent I Scorpia is i uh, is is i scorpion might even be true neutral which is really really hard to pin there scorpion aren't might be true i say she's
1: chaotic neutral i think she's chaotic, chaotic neutral. neutral yes and
0: and and we know we know that borman is chaotic good right like like he is yes. he is good to his very core but he is also an absolute agent of chaos so yes. like like you you can see just by putting them on the on the alignment chart where those conflicts are going to come from right and the fact that like borman is going to want to do what is right but he will not authority isn't going to play into that whereas jade is going to feel beholden to authority because of the way that she was raised but that is also like i think that's her season two journey is having to unlearn that that Mm -hmm. like because because let's be super clear about something uh (laughs) jade's a cop
1: (laughs) right yeah Oh, oh, I have a theory about this. Okay. I have okay. a theory about go this. Ahead. So, one of the things like so when in the first at the end of the first episode when Willow introduces Alora Dannon to the rest of the questies, the rest of the group, right? When he says his whole thing, he's like he's like true empress of the da 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 um and they and they sh- go over each of their faces. Um so he uses a different title for each over each person mm-hmm. essentially over every person they show in the frame there's a different title that he says when they show jade he says high priestess of the realm and so i think genuinely that jade is going to see Alora as a high priestess meaning that mm. Alora is the religious figure that's going to unite Everyone, including the Bone Reavers and Tiras Lane and Galador and everyone, right? She's the religious figure that can possibly unite everyone. Therefore, she is the solution to her problem of having divided loyalties. Yeah. I mean, that might be a leap, but... No, I think
0: you're right. I think you're right because that's the transformation from knight to paladin, right? Uh, Yeah. Because, Because a knight serves the realm. A paladin serves a god. A deity, right? Like, like, pa- <laughs> like the the power for a paladin, and we're talking in D and D terms, right? Which right. also, by the way, we're talking a lot of D and D terms because they're very, they're very clearly in this story. Oh, yeah. uh, but oh, yeah. I just want to say for anybody who's following all of the D and D stuff, I hasbro and uh, uh wizards of the coast are being real jerks right now but the people at D aren't at fault so don't like don't like go harassing people at D. go harass the ceos and presidents at hasbro and and uh. wizards of the coast because they're the bad guys that are enforcing all of this like obnoxious legal stuff on on the g- open gaming license and all that so just just i i still support D, but i support like the hashtag is open D and D, right? Like I support yeah. a future where we have that, where it can continue in the way that it has so that creators can control their own, their own stuff Abs- and all of yep. that. So Absolutely. I just, because we've mentioned D D so much, I have to make sure <laughs> that like the social justice warrior in me has to like, make sure that we've made that clear. Um, yep. Cause I'm going to yep. keep talking about D and D stuff, but yeah. Inter- like, <laughs> like she, she's her, her class right now is fighter, right? Yeah and its fighter uh, and her background in 5e terms would be a knight. So mm-hmm. shit like that's her like that's her 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 decision making process comes from those things. When we create a character in D&D, that's how we determine if you're truly role playing your character. Not everybody does. But if you are truly like looking at your sheet and going like, "Okay, what did I pick? That's how I'm going to have to make my decisions." That's the sheet that Jade is currently pulling from and it's mm-hmm. and and a knight has fealty and that's where their orders come from they are cops right like and and i i obviously the bone reavers are the antithesis to that they are they are anarchists (laughs) they live in the (laughs) forest and they have uh you know raves in the middle of the woods and uh wear skulls on their faces and cover themselves in bones um although uh, they did a really cool thing again back to the costuming all of the bone is covered in moss, um, mm. which it's like, it's been reclaimed by nature, right? As yeah. opposed to what Kale looked like in, in the movie. Um, yeah. So yeah, I, I just looked at the time. It's 425. I have about 15 minutes left. Yeah, so, I know. <laughs> and then we got to wrap up. But and so, it's so funny we talked about we're like are we gonna go the foot? we did and we yeah won.
1: we did <laughs>
0: and we will still have so much more to talk about but so I think I do think that what like you're on to to something with Jade that like that it it's not I don't think it's where she will start obviously in season two I think mm-hmm. that it'll be there that the the seed of it will be there of like Elora is obviously the future and they're all part of that but that's gonna cause conflict between Kit and Jade which right. we need to have in order for there to be a story in season two, we have like, they, they can't just be happy.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> otherwise
0: the story, otherwise, you know, we, we've made it to the end of the story. Happy to the ending. <laughs> right.
1: Exactly. Um,
0: so that's going to create conflict between the two of them. It's going to create conflict with Scorpia. It's going to create conflict with Borman, with Alora. And I think that like that, that political stuff is really going to be the focus in season two. War is going to be the focus, right? Because right. Galadorn is going to go to war with Tiras Lane. Right, and and, that's, and
1: Jade said that war was coming. So yeah, yeah, it's
0: yeah. gonna so happen. Because yeah. when they find out, because they're gonna go back and they're gonna say that Graydon died, and mm-hmm. and uh, you know like I, I Haster's
1: gonna, gonna use that for his yeah. own advantage. Like he's gonna yeah. claim something bad happened, something nefarious happened, yeah. and therefore going to go to war. Yeah,
0: you want to know something funny? You, you were talking about the the ring symbolism with with men and all of that. You were talking about men having big chunky rings on their fingers, and when you were talking <laughs> about that, I immediately had the picture of of, of uh, Prince John from the Disney's Robin Hood in my <laughs> in my head. You know when the 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 when Robin Hood like he he like sucks the jewels out of, like he's kissing his hand and he sucks all the jewels out of the ring. Yes. Like I had that picture in my head of that of him and that prince john and and lord or king hester or whatever like Graydon's father they're like they that's the same character that's the same character he is a cowardly lion (laughs) right like the 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 the, the coat with the big mane and everything so yeah like he's gonna he's absolutely craven and looking for an excuse to go to war yeah um and and this is gonna be it so like that's it's like that couldn't be more clear and that's why i say there's there's so much more to with Sorsha that's that's gonna happen in season two. Yeah. they have set so much of that up because like that the whole Bavmorda connection and like the like the blood of Bavmorda, and she's she's warning Kit about it and obviously it sort of comes to fruition with Eric but but Kit solves that problem, I think. It's going to come back with her because she's she's hearing mm. voices and mm-hmm. those voices are not the good ones. <laughs> there's mm-hmm. it's definitely <laughs> coming from the worm and the crone. Right. So, yeah, I think that, like, there's going to be there's going to be a question of I think it's going to be very Star Wars. It's going to be very um, uh, uh, Clone Wars of like, actually, both sides are being manipulated by the worm. Yeah. Like both sides of this war are at fault because the true path to peace isn't fighting. Right. Like yeah. no, nobody wins if everybody dies. Right. Except for the worm. Cause that's what the worm is after is, is right. fear and sorrow and chaos and death. Right. Exactly. So, um, Sorsha, I think we're going to find is like being manipulated as well. And that the worm took advantage of like, I mean, the crone is the one who killed physically killed, Mm-hmm. Great. Right.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, yep. And I think that that was part of the goal was knowing right. that like um that once, you know, there, here's an opportunity to, to, to put these kingdoms at war. And when that happens, they'll be weak. And that's when that army that we see at the end can can strike right
1: absolutely it's all a part of the plan <laughs>
0: yeah yeah I the, the thing that i really love about about the way that the worm and the crone are presented in this is that like the plan changes throughout the season because mm-hmm. at first it's like well, we're gonna take eric and clearly the plan is to take eric and tempt him and and he's been told that he'll be king right right and then once the crone finds out that there's this connection to Alora, there it's like
1: oh i need Alora now it changes
0: <laughs> and all of a sudden the plan but is then like gray what if i have eric and Alora?" right now right. i have both side. now that now there's no one to stop us if we can like it's the it's the palpatine thing of like if we can but if he can be turned and palpatine's like oh yeah if he can be turned that would be real nice right <laughs> And then Graydon gets there, and it's like, wait a second, yeah. there's something else. And so, like, the worm is constantly pivoting in the same yeah. way that Palpatine does. Um, but it and, makes
1: more sense. But it makes it a lot makes more, more sense. sense yeah. It makes a
0: lot more sense. Um, so yeah, I, there's, it's the the one complaint I have about the whole series so far is that uh-huh. the the gales we just didn't there was no connection to them and and i was really hoping that like like going into the finale i was like really hoping season two that we can like go back and explore who these characters were but then they they're all presumably dead so i i don't Mm -hmm. think that that'll happen but but i i do think because there are four of them right they're the gales and Mm -hmm. gale is wind there are four winds right north Mm -hmm. south east and west I think that four new gales will be chosen. I was
1: gonna say that. Ra- Brayden
0: will leave them, lead them, right? Like he'll be, I, uh, he'll be Kylo Ren, and those will be his Knights of Ren, and and we'll thank get you. I think that part of his story in the next season is going to be that he has to recruit these four gales, and so wouldn't they, that
1: be hot? That would be oh so my hot.
0: It's <laughs> like to have to go and and that it'll be because their gales, their cardinal directions, they're the four winds. They'll have to come from four different parts of the world. <gasps> so, they'll each like represent an aspect of of Anduin of the world, right? And it'll and it'll give us an opportunity to jump into like there will be one from Galadorn and one from oh, no. and one from here and one we'll get to see some places maybe we'll get to see Kashmir finally. Um
1: I'm going to have to write a new fic. i <laughs> yeah, oh, coming. So,
0: <laughs> I hope that's, that's where we're going. I hope that that's, that's what's amazing. happening with that, um that's and awesome. I hope I really hope that we get, I uh, I Ellie Bamber playing both characters of like Alora and Dark Alora as the yeah like me the too. worm as Dark Alora for the whole yeah. season. um Just selfishly because I want to see her in that outfit like yeah, for yeah. the whole <laughs> season. Because again, like like uh, that's another thing where we totally earned that hotness at the end of. Are the you gonna draw?
1: Are you gonna draw her
0: uh well you know i mean probably yeah <laughs>
1: <laughs> you got time You uh, yeah, got yeah yeah
0: yeah no and that's the thing is that like i was sort of like i was i was I, um i have a commission for for uh, mc's husband for kyle I uh, that that he commissioned me like way back in like november that i still haven't finished it's a big commission mm-hmm. that's why i haven't finished it yet it's four characters yeah. um wow so i uh, so i'm still working on that and i was like hey man he was like he was like don't worry about it take as long as you need i don't probably won't need it until like sort of the end of the year sort of thing because it's to do with with a with one of uh the the tavern tales campaigns
1: or oh, something oh like yeah that. right
0: so um so he's like he's like whatever take your time I'm like cool because like i gotta strike while the iron's hot and this willow stuff is hot right now like i gotta go i yeah. can't stop um, like when, when the juices are flowing, the juices are flowing. So <laughs> I, so I'm like, yeah. But then I, I also got to a point where I was like, my engagement numbers over the last couple of weeks have been massive because yeah. people are just eating this up. But at the same time, I was like, I'm burning everything right now. I'm going to run out of, of things to draw. And then I was like, am I going to run out of things to draw? It might be, no. Like, it might be like two years until we get more like it's going to be at least a year and a half i think before we get more right i the renewal announcement is coming within Mm -hmm. the next couple of weeks it Mm -hmm. has to be it has to be it has Um, to be
1: yeah i agree
0: that doc they talk about it as if like i think like lucasfilm is on board obviously Mm -hmm. the cast and crew are on board they wouldn't have presented the story or talked about it or be as as enthusiastic about it as they are, if that were not the case. I think like those two pieces are, are set. I think we're just waiting on Disney and the, and John said this in an interview of like, listen, (laughs) there was just a major (laughs) shakeup over there. The guy that was making decisions a couple of months ago is not that guy anymore. And the guy that greenlit this show is back, which I think is actually like a really positive, the fact that it's Bob Iger again is like like that bodes well but it's just i think it's just time because i think he's just like cleaning up some other messes um right and so like this is not high on their priority list (laughs) but but i also think that this is one of those things where it's like come on now you know like now you guys know how big this potential audience could be i if you actually market season two you've got a whole season now for people to go back and binge. So right. uh, I, it, I think it, but I think the future is, is more positive than it is negative at the moment.
1: I um, agree. Yeah. So I
0: don't know. I'm still hopeful, but in any case, I'm hopeful. <laughs> in any case, I'm the I, if it doesn't happen, then I'm going to have to draw even more stuff. Just like I have I, to draw all this Raylo stuff because like they, 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 killed ben solo so i'm like well then we have to make our own universe where he's not dead um, because (laughs) they're not giving it to us so we have to make it for ourselves because they can't stop us Um,
1: exactly exactly i don't want to
0: have to do that with this i really want to see these characters on screen again but yeah but yeah um before we wrap up is there anything else that is inside of you that needs to come out so that people can hear it (laughs) hi
1: right. <laughs> um Sure. yeah sure yeah just i got i got a tiny little thing um gray laura hashtag yeah. gray laura
0: <laughs> it's hashtag
1: a, uh, we it's haven't talked be, about it like be at oh, all
0: basically oh, which is so funny it, it's, but go she's
1: ahead. the she's uh she's the universe she's the universe he's the worm he's been mm-hmm. the worm since the beginning he's the dragon she's the virgin. uh they're gonna unite in the end and happy kissy ending
0: yeah
1: (laughs) and that's all i have to say (laughs) i mean
0: when when um when mc and missy talked about the the um the moon and earth stuff and it's like that was funny because like then like uh there's a lot of like because that obviously ties into sailor moon because that's it's the same tale right right um the goddess of the moon and the and the 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 prince of the earth and all that and and yeah but the way that the moon orbits the earth and so like Mm -hmm. they they are constantly changing positions yeah
1: um
0: and yeah it's i
1: yeah binaries binaries season two
0: I don't know. I I think that I think that maybe Alora has to go dark before. Before that, like it ha, it's going to have to switch. Right. And yeah. I think like her going dark is going to be the thing that wakes Graydon up to the fact that he's on the wrong path, because right yeah. now he's seeing this false version. Right. It's the, the song that plays at the end, the money for nothing. Right. It's money mm-hmm. and money for nothing and chicks for free. He's being given everything that he's wanted everything that he's asked for power and Elora, all of that the worm is offering all of that stuff to him
1: for free for free
0: but you can't have it for free that's actually not how it (laughs) works the cost is his soul right
1: exactly
0: and so he's he's going to take that deal he's gonna take that bargain um and i think it's gonna split him i i actually want to see I actually want to see like him physically split into his two aspects: the Graydon that we saw in season one, and then this Graydon, the Graydon that we saw in the in in episode four, in chapter four. Yeah. And I want to see them talk to each other. And you were saying you were talking about like the eating of the shadow earlier, and you were like, "It's figurative." Yeah. I think that they literally do it. I.
1: They I will. They at will. The end they of season to. two.
0: Like what is I, what
1: does Alora do in episode four? Yeah, she eats it she eats the lich out of Graydon yeah yeah, yeah. oh and,
0: yeah and I think eat. yeah he's <laughs> he's he's gonna be split and I think that I think that Allura's magic will do it like I think that she'll come and she'll be trying to save him and yeah. in, in doing that she'll split him in half into the two aspects and then oh, he'll be that. fighting with himself and then in order to to win in order for 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 the Graydon the hero right the the yeah
2: the,
0: the true hero version of Graydon to, to emerge victorious, he's going to have to eat that shadow and meaning integrate the shadow into himself, acknowledge the darkness, acknowledge the ownership of what happened with his, his brother and all of that stuff. Cause right now he's very much like that was the other guy. And it's like, no, you are yeah. the other guy.
1: Um, yeah, exactly he's got to
0: become smart hulk right i <laughs> and so i th- i think that like visually we're gonna see that happen he is going to consume like it's gonna he'll it'll turn it like the dark one will turn into like a shadow like into Justin. he'll it will like go inside of him or whatever right but but i th- i think that we're actually gonna see that so yeah i, I agree i, I think it's awesome yeah cool <laughs> um obviously we could talk about this forever because because like <laughs> We didn't really talk that much about Borman. We didn't really talk that much about Willow himself. I, I, and I, man, we didn't talk about Eric like at all. So.
1: I, yeah. Yeah. But I, I, we, we talked about important stuff. Oh, no, 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 no.
0: I can't, I think we covered the stuff that we wanted to cover, like yeah, yeah, the, yeah. the main points, but just to say that we could probably talk for another two hours about this and still I agree. have more even after that. I agree. Also, because the more we talk about this, the more there is to talk about, which is what is exactly great about a fandom like this. So um, yeah, this has been awesome. Thank you so much yeah. uh, for joining me on this one. Uh, let everybody know where they can find more of your awesome content on the internet.
1: Sure, yeah. I'm posting a lot about Willow right now on my personal Twitter, which is at black underscore T-Y-M black time. And that's my name, Ty Black. So follow me there. You can also follow my uh, YouTube channel. The name of my YouTube channel is Wit and Folly, W-I-T-F-O-L-L-Y. And you can also follow me on my Twitter for that account, which is Wit underscore Folly.
0: Awesome. Uh, Yeah. And I mean, like, I highly, highly recommend all of that. You guys should all be following <laughs> Ty on both of those Twitter accounts and on YouTube um, and, and go back and watch all of her videos because they're fantastic.
1: I have uh, a wi- I have a Willow vi- video planned. I'm just it's going to take me a while to
0: yeah, do yeah, it. Yeah.
1: So.
0: <laughs> it's um, happening. No, I I, I, look, I could you could sense that that was like in in the future because you when you started, it was so wonderful to see everybody like the dominoes fall of everybody. I tweeted that thing. And I think it was right around the time that you started like being vocal about Willow, where I was like, all my favorite people love Willow. (laughs) It's why they're my favorite people. And the longer time goes with that statement being out there the truer it becomes i was so worried about whether or not my wife was gonna like the show and then <laughs> I sh- we watched the first episode and she like hit me with a pillow at the end of it she was so mad at me because she because i've been bugging her about it for the last month really i've been like i really want to watch this show with you i think you're gonna <laughs> like it And she's so mad at me because I'm right. And she's like, ah, she hit me and she's like, I don't have time for this. I was like, I'm sorry, but it's so good. And I need to share this with you. Um, I understand
1: that so much. Yeah. Like.
0: i i made joe and kyle from rebel cells watch it and both of them loved it and then joe told his fiance to watch it and she loved it and he also got carl from wampa's lair to watch it now carl loves it and he's on his fourth (laughs) rewatch carl's very obsessive though so like you know take that with a grain of salt but i i i yeah all of that to say
1: several times so yeah i totally understand (laughs)
0: I don't, this is not the last that we're going to talk about Willow no. on Force Perspectives. I think that we're going to come back. We're going to talk about this more. Ty, I would love it if you would come back and talk about Willow more. Um, I will. Let's say, I'm going to say this right now. I, I when they announce season two, mm-hmm. I would like to have you on, but like, let's also bring some other people on and let's just have a full on <gasps> speculation, like a two hour speculation yes! fest. Um yes! So I'll I'll grab I'll probably get Carl to come on and we'll grab some other people um, and have a round table and everybody can can throw in what they want to see in season two when they renew it not if when they renew it <laughs> hopefully very Love soon. It. But, uh, so. Like if we don't get it within the next couple of weeks, I think that we'll get it at a star Wars celebration. In at, yeah,
1: in that's what I was thinking. Yeah.
0: Um, that's a logical place for them to do it, but I think they have some other stuff to announce at celebration. So maybe not, mm. but, but uh, it depends on whether or not they have another Lucasfilm showcase planned for that. If they do, right. that would be an appropriate place to say, by the way, seasons two and three, which it will be, it'll be seasons two, it'll and, be three. two like, and three. There's no way that they go yeah, maybe we'll keep going with this. They're either, like, I think for John Kasdan, it's an all or nothing thing. Thing like I a, agree. Like, hey, there's a story to tell here. There are three volumes. We're very clear about how much story there is here. Let's do it. Right. Um, and I think they'll cool. do it. I think they're going to do it. So when they do, mm-hmm. we'll all come back and we'll have a, a fun speculation fest about it. Um, yeah, totally. But th- thank you so much for, for coming on. Thank you, everybody, for listening. We're two and a half hours. I'm so happy that we talked for two and a half hours about willow.
1: Um, <laughs> me too thank you so much for having me i really yeah. enjoyed this i love talking to you always thank you it's
0: always always a pleasure so i <laughs> i thank you guys for listening i um i don't know when we'll be back with more stuff it'll probably be more willow stuff before i jump into obi-wan kenobi because i haven't quite figured out what i want to do with that yet and we've also got we do have Mando coming back in March. So I don't have enough time between now and March 1st to do all of Obi-Wan. So um, I, so I'll probably hold off on that. Um, So I think, I think it'll continue to be Willow season until Mando comes back. And then uh, Joe and I are going to do our, our weekly Mando conversations uh, when that's airing. So I don't know, just stay tuned, but also go listen to rebel cells uh and also go listen to perfect 10 if you if you haven't listened to ty and i talk about a knight's tale go listen to that right now because it's a fantastic if you liked this conversation that one that one you actually like 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 did like the full i uh, i like prep like, like, <laughs> I, like went, I went i went full
1: campbell i went full campbell on yeah. you <laughs>
0: And it was fantastic. Oh my God, that was so much fun. So everybody go listen to that. Also go listen to me and Marie Claire talk about Lore Olympus uh, on Perfect 10. That was another great episode if you liked this one. Very similar talking about myth and symbolism and and all of that sort of thing. So Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, lots of awesome stuff to go listen to in the back catalog, but cool stuff coming. I thank you guys for listening and we'll catch you on the next episode. Thank you for listening to Thunderquack Force Perspectives. Our opening theme is composed for us by Christy Carew. Follow Force Perspectives on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Force POV, and join us on Discord at thunderquack.com/discord. Support the show by visiting us at Patreon.com/thunderquack to get early access to episodes. Leave a rating and review on your favorite podcast service. Or buy merch at store.thunderquack.com. Force Perspectives is a part of the Thunderquack Podcast Network.